Oh, back in studio, y'all. We just had a wonderful, wonderful uh, trip to Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, Jonathan Emore, the campaign for the United States Senate in Virginia. We'll tell you some stories, share some stories about how that went with Jonathan Emore today on the Sacred Fire of Liberty edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Hour two, we were going to have Kirk Moore, but we, we rescheduled that till tomorrow. This is the physician in Utah uh, who has uh, been accused by the federal government of uh, improperly disposing of government property. Basically, he he uh, he gave apparently allegedly uh, many patients who requested it saline instead of the the dangerous mRNA jab, and uh, the feds didn't like that. But the the patients were very grateful. All done above board. But we'll talk about that a little bit later, or certainly tomorrow with Kurt. In the meantime, if you got questions or comments, join us at the at the website robertscottbell.com/slash/listen or the social media places where we're not banned. And submit questions and comments there or at robertscottbell.com. And we'll get this healing party started right about now. The Robert Scott Bell Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. Robert Scott Bell Show. Hey, real quick, before I bring Jonathan into the mix here, uh, there's a uh, documentary film that I had the uh, uh, privilege and honor of being a part of called Utah Safe and Effective, uh, an apolitical documentary about uh, uh, those who have been injured uh, by the COVID jabs. Um, again, it's not designed to be left or right. It's about human stories, real human stories, tragedies, heartache, heartbreak, injury, and death. Uh, we are also looking to provide options and solutions. Not all of these documentaries do that, but this one does. So check it out. It's going to be free and available three different showings on this Saturday, which is the uh, 11th of March, 2023. Absolutely free. Just, you know, click on it and decide which of the three you want to go to. And uh, you can watch from the comfort of your home. And there's even Q&A with the filmmakers afterwards. So please join us uh, for that event this this weekend, and then we'll make it available for wider release afterwards. But love for you to be part of that and share, 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 share. People need to know the human, the real human toll of government demanding, claiming ownership over your body, demanding under emergency rule, despite no constitutional provisions to do so, to pr- mandate or coerce you, to deceive you in order to live, to work, to travel, all these things, and your children too. So that's coming up. Now, with that, my great friend, my wonderful buddy, my pal in freedom, I'm wearing the hoodie from 1776, Sacred Fire of Liberty, kicking into gear. Jonathan E. Mord, so good to see you. We had a great weekend, or was it a week? I don't even know. It was Monday and Tuesday, I think, and a Sunday bonus. Yeah, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And, yeah, that was amazing. It was it was so much fun, and I knew it would be. You know, anytime I get to hang out with you on the road and talk to people about what we're passionate about, freedom in this country, and reestablishing its integrity. Uh, we got there on Sunday, and I barely got there in time. I had like this impromptu event. My buddy Doug had scheduled at this uh, wonderful organic restaurant. The owner David just loved what we were doing. You didn't even know you were going to speak at that event. I didn't even know what was going to happen at that event, and I just kind of let it rip. And then said, Jonathan, come on up here and introduce yourself. And People loved it. And from there, we were we hit the ground running with two additional events, uh, one at another restaurant, thanks to our buddy Jack Wolfson, Santee, which is an organic restaurant as well, and then a, a luncheon at a, a family home there outside of Scottsdale. So met a lot of great people 
And I'm in, I'm enthused and excited. And I know this is still early, but boy, oh boy, the energy and the momentum and the money coming in, it's building. That's true. It really was an extraordinary response. It gives me great confidence and hope that there's going to be a better day here tomorrow. I'm I'm glad that so many people showed up, and I'm I was really surprised by the large number of people that were at uh, the Giving Tree restaurant. Yes, uh, first night that was fantastic to meet all those people and so many strong, freedom-loving people in that room. And then uh, at Santee Restaurant, Dr. Wolfson's event there was phenomenal. We had a packed crowd in that one, and everybody there was extremely, extremely supportive. Yes. Uh, and the message resonated well. And then the next day at uh, Dr. Steve and, and Marcy Cohen's place, uh, that was a private event. But boy, they had, I think, some 20, 30 people there, too. And it was uh, phenomenal, too. They all seemed to be riveted and mm-hmm. interested and anxious to help. And a lot of donations have come in. But boy, oh, boy, we've got a long way to go. I was talking with a guy today, Robert, who said mm-hmm. that uh, that you would that the amount of money necessary to really mount an effective campaign against Tim Kaine would be in the tens of millions of dollars. So we're rolling that steam engine all across this country and trying to build it based on uh, individual support. I mean, Kane is going to have Soros-backed open society money and all the communists who have a lot of money are lined up to ruin this country and he's happy to take the money from them. Yeah. Well, I, I've talked about this being like a, a, a mini Ron Paul revolution for the Senate. And in this case, a Senate campaign, as opposed to a presidential campaign, much easier to achieve, even though I'm not saying it's easy, but relatively speaking. And yeah. the fact that go ahead. Speaking of Ron Paul, Ron Paul gave me his written endorsement. You know, I mentioned before that he yes. had endorsed me. Well, uh, we received yesterday his written endorsement of the candidacy. And we'll be posting that here soon. We're going to issue a press release with it. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, one of the people we met at the events uh, in in Scottsdale was Barry Goldwater Jr. Yes, yes, that was cool. Congressman from Arizona and son of the famous uh, defender of liberty, Barry Goldwater Sr. Mm-hmm. And uh, he endorsed me, and he's sending us a written endorsement as well. So it's just fantastic. And then... Uh, NBA player Mike Glenn uh, yes. endorsed me as well. I'm excited about Mike Glenn, and I want to interview him on this show if you if we can make that happen, as well as uh, I'm working on uh, John Stockton is scheduled to, to be here, Hall of Famer, on Monday show, and uh, he's a health freedom guy, so maybe we can bring him on board. And I keep thinking more and more people, Jonathan, every day I'm like, oh, why didn't I think of this person and this person and this person? I mean, we're going to be – barnstorming the country until the election happens uh, to gain the support of those who love freedom. And uh, many of you who are part of the Ron Paul revolution uh, have been, as I've talked about, we got to be, we got to be upfront about this. have been spurned and burned by uh, elections that we felt weren't really fair and free. And, and in Arizona, of course, because of Kerry Lake and other things, we have to address that head on. They're like, I would really want, I'd love to support you, Jonathan, but I'm just so cynical about campaigns now and, 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 and voting. And I can't dissuade them from their cynicism other than to say there are things lining up in Virginia that are quite unique, including, I believe, is a state senator that's going to be in charge of elections or will help to facilitate a free and fair election in Virginia be, between now and then. And the fact that Youngkin, a Republican, won in Virginia – tells me there's a, a window of opportunity open. Plus, many of the Democrats 
never would have considered voting for any Republicans. But now because of the, the violation of their fundamental health freedom and that of their children, bodily autonomy, that they are now open to this health freedom message. I'm seeing it resonate like never before. Yes. So Matt Strickland, who is that senator you mentioned, he's running for the state Senate. He and I work closely together and he's going to have me draft the legislation for Virginia to secure the elections, to create election integrity in Virginia. And that'll happen in 2023, Mm -hmm. a year before I run, you know, uh, in the general election. So the point is, uh, we're going to take care of that. And I have a a very uh, detailed plan in mind that will essentially give uh, the election uh, offices the same kind of um, uh, biometric uh, uh, validation approach that's used by clear at the airports so that you would have all your information would have to be obtained in advance, would establish who you are, and there would be a visual image of you. Uh, that would be secured at these inst- these uh, clear stations. And then, then when you appear in person, it will automatically validate based on biometric characteristics who you are and anonymous voting would be eliminated in that you would still have anonymity to the rest of the, the public, but yeah. there would be no anonymity vis-a-vis the election operation. It would fully comprehend who you are, where you live, and how long you've lived there and your citizenship status, all of that would be ascertained uh, and would be established as a check on your vote. And and furthermore, there would be automatic auditing such that uh, the election results could be validated within 24 hours, not allowing a longer period. Yeah, so wouldn't you need also a receipt for those vote. who vote to say, hey, I got this, it's registered and it's registered correctly based on the way people vote? Well, we will outlaw ballot harvesting. We will outlaw uh, any voting except in person or in an instance where there is voting at a distance because you're in the military. It would be based on, again, a validation approach that would ensure the integrity of the election. This is where we have to go. This is the kind of sophistication we're going to need to ensure the integrity of elections in the future and that illegal aliens are not voting and that people who are voting are voting once uh, and that people are eligible to vote. All of those things need to be ascertained and determined promptly um, at the time someone votes. And there needs to be a system to exclude questionable votes and to notify the people who have voted in a questionable, where it's questionable, so they can either produce proof that would support their uh, their their eligibility, or uh, will will just not be counted. We we cannot count votes on uh, dubious grounds. We need to ascertain with certainty that someone is who they say they are, and that they are eligible to vote. So this degree of sophistication is possible. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why there's an election in the country that has to take more than a day to determine who has uh, voted and how they voted. Those systems that take weeks are really rife with risk of fraud and abuse. And those systems that allow for uh, ballot harvesting, obviously, are, are inviting, inviting abuse. Mail-in ballots uh, are highly suspect and uh, capable of abuse. So we have to get it back to basics. We've got to have voter integrity if we're going to ensure that the American people uh, our, our, their votes are valid and, and calculated and that they're not diluted. Yeah, we, we've got to hit that right up front because, again, can you blame anybody for being a little concerned about? They should, be, yeah. they should 
concern, I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, voter integrity is a critical issue, and it's rightfully of concern to everyone. Those who say, "Oh no, it's a you know, you're a you're a you're a what voter voter denier, yeah, right? Election I mean, denialist, whatever. Election denier. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, that that's absurd. I mean, everyone ought to be concerned about ensuring the integrity of elections. Unless you unless you think you can only win by cheating. And of course, that's a, a whole other story. Now, I want to just say this one more thing about the election, because we'll continue talking about this because I'm, I'm you know, as passionate as anything about seeing you in the United States Senate and for all the good that it will do. Uh, the idea that, you know, there are many people that listen are not in Virginia. You can support Jonathan via uh, donations and you go to emord4va.com and uh, well i just want to you know we're, we're we're up against george soros money the democrat establishment kane hillary clinton all of that and it will take a lot i i don't know that we'll need as much but hey it'd be great to, to gain it uh because i think we'll have grassroots support like like kind of that ron paul revolution thing i feel it i sense it and it's and it's building each and every time we go out into the world and speak when you speak jonathan people are just blown away they're like i'd never seen a guy speak so uh, forthrightly candidly with the authenticity that you bring to it they they feel it it resonates the energy's there plus the historical knowledge which i keep saying if we don't know that history people are kind of purporting that they have answers or solutions like you don't know the history of how you got here how do you proffer even a, a solution that would even remotely possibly work and so what you're bringing is so very important to bring people up to speed even people that mean well that don't know how we got here really are not going to posit positive solutions that'll actually work even if they mean well it's not enough to mean well you really need to know how we got here and you do well, when people want specific solutions. They're tired of rhetoric. They're tired of people just jawing at them and not giving them specific solutions. And so, of course, specific solutions are the things that I offer because, I mean, come on, if you're a charlatan, you will not have specific solutions. If you're trying to pull one over on people, you won't present your specific solutions. I put them right out there on my website. I put them right out there in my speeches and I tell people precisely what I would do. And, you know, others say, oh, if you do that, you're putting yourself at risk. Really? That's the least we owe to people is to tell them exactly what we're going to do. The problem that we have in this country is we vote for people and if they win, they get in there and then they don't do what they say they would do. And the reason is that they haven't specifically told us what they would do. And in addition, they have never made a firm commitment and that you can hold them to because the lack of specifics enables them to weasel and wiggle around. I'm not that kind of person. I'm going to tell people exactly and, and I'm telling people exactly what I'm going to do. That is exactly what I will do. And I'm not in this game because I want to be a politician. I want to get in there, save the country and get out. I don't want to be there forever. It's a swamp. And it literally is a swamp. I mean, <laughs> Washington is a cesspool. I'm serious, Jonathan, when I joke about the fact that you've been uh, engaging within the oligarchy, within the courts there in D.C., and I visited you a few times. We've actually gone into Congress for a couple of events together, and I'm like, oh, I just feel dirty coming out, not because anything we did, just being in I that mean, energy. It's so sad. Here is an institution founded on the most, one, two of the most beautiful documents, the Declaration of Independence and our Constitution, and those two documents are violated with impunity by these people who are carpetbaggers in there. And they're all for themselves and all for aggregating power to themselves and wealth. And that's just disgusting. They're supposed to be 
uh, virtuous representatives of the people. That's what the founding fathers wanted. They understood that without virtue, you could never have a commitment from anyone because they're not honest. You have to be able to commit to people. And they wanted this government to be preserved by people who respected the rule of law, understood the constitution's limits on powers and intended to be bound by those limits and to act within those limits to achieve the goal of protecting people's rights. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what the whole, the whole purpose of the declaration, as it says of, of our government, the governments are instituted among men to protect the rights of the governed. That's their purpose. And when instead you turn it around and you make it a place where people are going to, uh, take your rights away so that they can benefit their own cronies or help uh, expand their own power. I mean, that's an abuse that's unforgivable. That is an abuse against our foundational principles. So what I'm going to do is go in there and help clean house. I mean, I'm going to be fighting for achieving ends that are going to restore constitutional limits on power, that are going to get rid of all the abuses of the administrative state, and that, and that is going to give people protection for their rights against any risk of another one of these COVID mandates or mask mandates. All those I will seek to ban by introducing legislation to make it prohibited. Federal government never should have violated our liberty rights and our rights to life by getting involved in the business of medicine, by telling us what doctors would tell us and making sure doctors didn't deviate by telling us we had to wear masks everywhere this is all nonsense. They knew the masks didn't work. They knew back then it wasn't going to help. Mm -hmm. They also knew that the vaccine was rife with problems. They kept them from us. Then they lied to us about it over and over and over again. All that's coming out. I mean, it's just, it's, it's horrific. This is that you wouldn't treat your worst enemy this way. And they treated the whole country this way. I, I mentioned uh, one of the things that you have great expertise in, 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 in terms of battling the, the, the largesse of government, the oligarchy that exists beyond the separation of powers that combines all of them. And, and that most legislation is being written by, like, for instance, FDA or other agencies, not by Congress, not, not by a vote and then a, a signature by the president. And, you know, you go into the United States Senate. I has, I'll hazard a guess that many people that are in the Senate, much less in the House of Representatives, don't know the depth of which they've abandoned their constitutional authority to make law and how prohibited that was in the con is in the constitution that a bureaucratic agency can make law. And it, yet it's been going on for decades, decades, decades. And I think that I perceive this, that when you go in there, you could educate your colleagues as to real options to, to rein this in, as opposed to like, for instance, I, I sent a letter to the FDA and say, FDA, you're, 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 you're violating our rights, our freedom of speech rights as a, you know, say a dietary supplement business. And then they, they go in and say, well, we're only doing it. If you got a problem, talk to Congress. And then you send a letter to your congressman or senator and they write a nasty letter to the FDA and the circle continues and nothing ever changes. You've seen it time and time again. That's why people have come to you as an attorney, help us beat them in court. And then you do and the FDA thumbs its nose at every court, uh, uh, you well, know, you're so right about this. I mean, look, Article 1, Section 1 of the Constitution makes the Congress of the United States the sole source of the law. Mm -hmm. so only Congress can make law under the Constitution. And that was well understood in John Locke's Second Treatise on Government. A non-delegation doctrine is explained. And what John Locke explained is that you cannot delegate any essential power. 
for example, the power to make laws cannot be delegated, redelegated. It's delegated by the people in the Constitution to one body, the Congress. And for Congress to redelegate it to anybody, but particularly one that is unaccountable to the courts, the Congress, the American people, the bureaucratic agencies, is a fundamental violation of that foundational consent that we gave to the existence of the Constitution and its allocation of power. So, first order of business is to, is to prohibit those agencies from enacting any regulation unless it's passed into law by Congress. I would introduce legislation, Will, as soon as I get in there, that will prohibit the federal agencies from enforcing any regulation that exists, that they propose, unless it is passed into law by Congress. And all existing regulations would be sunsetted within three years unless passed into law by Congress. What does this do? It makes your elected representatives 100% uh, uh, responsible to you for their votes for what they do, and you can get them out of office. And it means that the agencies that have been unaccountable to you and have been really destroying free enterprise in the United States and taking people's rights and their liberties away without, without uh, having to answer to anybody, which is authoritarianism, they will no longer have that power. And that's exactly the way it should be. And as far as the censorship goes, mm -hmm. there's no reason why we should have some exception from the doctrine of prior restraint under the First Amendment. The First Amendment prohibits government from censoring any communication. The only thing the government can do is go after you after the fact. So that if you said a fraudulent thing and induce someone to hurt them, hurt themselves or others, that is actionable by the Justice Department for fraud. But there's not supposed to be an agency like the FDA that stands in the way of the communication of truthful health information about nutrients and diseases, for example, that is prohibited by the First Amendment, yet here it is. So one of the first things I'll introduce is legislation to, to remove the jurisdiction of the FDA over health claims so that all anybody can make a statement about the health effects of a food or a dietary supplement unless yeah. after the fact, you know, they say something that is fraudulent, okay, sure. go after them then. But, but even but, then, as you know, the first largely presumes what you say will be true. In other words, yeah. the First Amendment starts with a presumption of freedom and you have your freedom just like you do in walking or going anywhere. I mean, you can drive a car. That's You're right. You don't have to ask the government to get into the car and turn it on. You say you just hop in, turn it on, you start driving. All right. Well, you drive down the road and you can choose to run over people. You can choose to go bash into other cars. And then we prosecute you for that. But we don't deny everybody the right to drive a car based on the supposition that they yeah. might run someone over. Well, you don't deny someone their freedom of speech in mm -hmm. this country on the supposition that they're going to defraud people. Right. And, and I, what the does. Jonathan, I, I just wanted to uh, reiterate my understanding also about statutes against force and fraud, that kind of thing that exists at the state level anyway, that don't necessarily require a federal police force to to, uh, you know, enforce something like that. What is the role of the federal government in this case? I would say it's little or nothing, although, you know, the interstate commerce clause has been expanded to mean, you know, people can't buy raw milk in one state and bring it to another. I mean, I think that's absurd. That's ridiculous. I mean, the health and safety jurisdiction the jurisdiction for health and safety issues is the state. 
But when you have raw milk, for example, all right, yeah, there are instances in which raw milk has been contaminated. There are instances in which pasteurized milk has been contaminated. There are instances of salmonella with pasteurized milk. There's instances of salmonella with unpasteurized milk. Yes, there's a role to be to be played by the law prohibiting people from selling adulterated substances. Yes, and that law helps dissuade people. But mo what mostly dissuades people is like the market. You don't want to, if you're in the business of selling milk, you don't want to sell milk that kills people. You're going to be out of business the next day. And unless unless you were granted liability protection by the federal government, like the, the, the vaccine manufacturers. Well, yeah. And, and, but well, when it comes to, you know, the Amish farmers and others who have historically consumed raw milk, people in the Mexican community, some have uh, historically consumed raw milk and to make it impossible for them to buy that in the United States. Uh, and they have a long history of safe consumption. I mean, as safe as, as pasteurized milk. And the reason is it's all in the handling. It's all in their process. It's all in how they treat the cow. And when you have a very good farm and you have good uh, animal husbandry and you have good control over the milk product and you drink it yourself and your family does, and you want to make that available for sale, get the government out of the way. Yeah. The government should only come marching in like sends in stormtroopers to some farm and takes over that, you know, seizes their milk stores. And they have no proof whatsoever that the milk's contaminated. They just seize it because they have this prohibition against the sale of unpasteurized milk. Well, that's not, you know, that's not an answer to me. Government should never be taking away people's freedom without proof that they've caused injury to somebody else. Well, in the meantime, one of the constitutional, I believe, requirements is to establish a border under the law of nations, you have to have a border. This isn't about, and I've said this, you know, about what, when we talk about the border, it's not about xenophobia. It's not about hating foreign people. Not at all. It's about having some level of who's coming in. Are they here to do us harm? Are they here to visit and have fun? Are they here to contribute in some other way to be part of this country? And most every other country that exists has very strict border controls, except ours. I'm like, what is that all about? And then you've got the money that's being spent, taxpayer funds stolen from you or stolen via inflation. Uh, they're saying it might be costing us $150 billion annually, 15 and a half mil illegals uh, entering and then, you know, going on some form of government uh, support. Uh, again, this, this makes no sense if you want to survive as a nation, if you want to be a nation. So the things that they don't do are as bad as the things that they do. Yes, what they are doing is unquestionably intentional. You can't leave your border open like this year after year after year and have 15.5 million illegal aliens in your country and have t the cartels controlling who enters. So you have cartels controlling who enters, you have unchecked fentanyl coming in, killing 130,000 Americans. You have sex trafficking, drug trafficking, arms trafficking. You have terrorists coming through. Over 100 estimated terrorists have come through. That's just those that are gotaways. Now, the fact of the matter is, this is destruction, right? Everyone here in this country is being destroyed by this. You've got the border states overrun. You've got people's businesses destroyed. And where's the help for them? What is Homeland Security doing at all to help? Not a thing. Not a single thing. What is what is the president doing to help the citizens of this country, the parents whose whose kids have died from fentanyl, the 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 people who've had their businesses ransacked, the mm -hmm. ones who've had their 
is looted. The people who are raped by these people who are coming through, who are in these sex trafficking gangs. The people who are engaged in, in the gangs, MS-13, 18th Street Gang, killing people in this country because they've gotten in here illegally and there hasn't been a check on it. The massive production of fentanyl, Chinese fentanyl coming in, being manufactured uh, in coordination with the Chinese by the cartels, pumped into this country in such an extraordinary quantitative amount that you've got 130,000 people. Now, we're not talking about every one of these people being drug addicts. We're talking about people who are dying because of exposure to this and also counterfeit drugs that contain fentanyl yeah. and are killing people across the United States. This is a recipe for ultimate destruction of our country, and they know it. They're well, letting it happen. <laughs> If they know it, they got a delusional Homeland Security secretary. Did you see this comment from uh, Alejandro Mayorkas? Out of his mind. We, we don't have a border crisis. It's it's weather. It's the weather. This guy is one of the biggest fabricators, one of the, the biggest frauds, and one of the great betrayers next to Fauci of the United States. This man is betraying our national security. He is betraying our lives, liberty, and property. He's putting all of it at risk, and he's intentionally destroying our ability to protect this nation from anybody coming in. We don't even have, look, we've got 15.5 million people in this country who we have no proof that they're loyal to the United States as opposed to their country of origin or some other country. We have no proof that they're engaged in any productive behavior. In fact, we do know that they're not because that $150 billion is the amount that actually has to be expended for welfare and for other uh, benefits. And then in addition to that, we have no way of knowing if they're connected to criminal activity, if they have a criminal past, or if they are actually here for the purpose of committing acts of terror. And that is outrageous. No country on earth would do this. You realize just in the last month, we had something like uh, a massive increase in the number of Chinese nationals that have been coming across the border. You think that's not concerning? You think that having people from uh, those countries that hate us from Iran and from uh, China and from Russia coming through our, our borders unchecked. And I'm not talking just about the southern border now. We have a whole bunch of people coming now through the northern border as well. All unchecked, all getting into this country. And that is, when you're talking about 15.5 million, have you seen the size of the United States military? You, you want to see an army of people? 15.5 million, that is huge and not to have any control, not to have any, not to do one thing to protect our own interests, not to ask them if they have an employable skill, not to ensure ourselves they have no criminal background, not to ensure ourselves they're not connected to terrorist organizations or, or gangs, not to ensure ourselves that these people will be productive American citizens, not to ensure ourselves that these people will be loyal to the United States, willing to sacrifice their lives to protect life, liberty, and property of American citizens, and you let them into this country, and you want us to consider them citizens, they are aliens. They really are. And they are illegal in this country. If you want to be a citizen, can't you do this legally? I mean, the fact of the matter is, shouldn't we have legal immigration? It's not that we're opposed to immigration. We're opposed to illegal immigration. No one but an insane person would turn over their whole country to people from foreign countries, including enemies of the United States. Well, as I said, a lot of these people that argue how cruel it is to have borders, 
uh, don't say anything about these other countries that have very strict border control. Well, it's just astonishing. Mexico has very strong border protection. So does every other country just about on this earth. The reason's simple. No one's fool enough to allow enemies to pour across the border. You have to check. If you don't, you've got either individual enemies coming through or you've got state-sponsored enemies coming through. It's yeah. it's nuts. Absolutely, it is bonkers. Hey, there's a news of golf cart uh, that you know talking about the cartels right across the border. A lot of uh, people being killed right and left. We'll, we'll get into that. I do want to talk about some upcoming events here, and also say thanks as well to our friends at Trinity School of Natural Health who continue to support our message of health, freedom, and healing liberty. They also support Jonathan E. Mord and is a uh, run for the U.S. Senate because they know, like I do, decades of track record of Jonathan's integrity and fealty to the Constitution and, and recognizing its basis in our Declaration of Independence. And uh, moving forward, there are a number of events coming up. If you go to the upcoming events tab page, we've just had amazing events this weekend in Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, we've, got, we've got to add some more because I'm looking on the emord for va website, emord4va.com, and there's something like there's a Parents' Rights Forum in Madison. Is that Madison at the Mill, is that in Virginia, a parents' rights forum? Yes, it's in Orange, Virginia. Okay, and that's coming up March 23rd, for those of you who are in that area. That is good. I mean, that is a really – everybody ought to see this one. Uh, It was fantastic last time. We did one Mm -hmm. of these with the same group of people in Fredericksburg, Virginia, about uh, 15 days ago. Yeah. We're going to be doing several of these across the state because parents' rights are so important and because in in Virginia we have this – and it's true across the country, but you've got the CRT agenda, destroying kids' education, replacing it with Marxist indoctrination. And you've got this whole transitioning nonsense, which is so horrific to see little boys and little girls being castrated, mm-hmm. being having mastectomies. Not and cancer causing drugs for life. Yeah, no, this is a disaster. Horror that you can possibly imagine taking place. So all of this has got to come to an end. I would introduce legislation and will as soon as I get in there. Mm-hmm. That will make it a felony, federal felony, to for anyone to aid or cause the transitioning of any person under the age of 18. Mm-hmm. And in addition, uh, when it comes to CRT, that's a violation of the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution, reintroducing racism into the schools. So I will cut off federal funding to any school that engages in CRT education, and we'll do federal audits for all schools that receive federal funds mm-hmm. to make sure that they don't. And if they do, then their funds will be cut off. Wouldn't the ultimate real awesomeness would be to get rid of the Department of Education? I mean, is there a, really a constitutional role for that? What it's you've been no. used to do? No. I think it's, this is why Ron Paul loves you so much, too. Because well, you know, Ron Paul's fantastic. I mean, I, I, I got to tell you, getting that endorsement from Ron Paul, mm-hmm. having hearing his wonderful voice on the phone, having uh, him tell me that he would endorse, that, 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 is, that is one of the greatest experiences of yeah. my life. I respect that man. I've always respected him. I respect him way back when he, in the Reagan years, when, you know, he was a gold standard advocate. Yeah. He explained to us why Nixon's removing us from the gold standard was so dire and the inflationary effects associated with not having a stable currency and by having the Fed. And, but it, he's so much more than that. I mean, he has been a, a defender of individual liberty and over and over again, an outspoken proponent for freedom in America. Everybody owes a debt of gratitude to, to Ron Paul. And so uh, it, it, it's just, if, if nothing else, that endorsement 
made my my whole year. I mean, it's oh, more it's a lifetime achievement award for me. I can't yeah. I I'm overwhelmed by it. Well, and people get get lit. They get lit up when they hear that. Be like, wow, because Ron Paul does not endorse people. It's very rare for him to give out an endorsement based on his high standard of defense of individual liberty. And so that that's fantastic. Now, speaking of another few events I want to tell everybody about, I'm going to be with you at the Rally to Save America in Central Virginia, Lynchburg, Virginia, specifically on the 29th of March. That's a Wednesday. It's at the aviary. If we can click on that, where is this place? The aviary of something. Uh, yeah, it's a really beautiful place. So that's at the aviary at Miller Park. Okay. Lynchburg, um, Virginia. Is that what it says? Miller Park? Yeah. 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 Miller Park. yeah. Lynchburg. And that's a beautiful place. Each of these places are really beautiful and the events are extraordinary. So the first hour of the event has music. We're going to have Fife and Drum Corps dressed in colonial uniforms nice. performing. Uh, when you walk in, you'll be hearing the drum and the fife and all that going on. And then uh, while you're socializing, that will be going on. And then we're going to also have a, a beautiful tenor, one of the best in the world. He's going to sing uh, um, mm -hmm. Amazing Grace. And this is a tribute to all the fallen in Virginia, all the military, all the first responders and police and fire who have died in the line of duty and this mm -hmm. is a tribute to them and he'll he'll sing amazing grace uh, accompanied by bagpipes and right. then the bagpipists are also going to provide another medley a series of medleys kind of is i don't know if, you, if you've never heard bagpipes oh, before i mean it's just it's amazing. incredible and then uh then we also have soloists who are going to sing all right so then after that um in the second hour it's going to be uh, the, the revelation of the campaign. In other words, my positions, I'm going to be up there um, as as uh, you know, as Robert can tell you, those are exciting events. Those are really exciting. And uh, we're going to have probably pretty large audiences in each of these places because we're advertising the events mm -hmm. on radio and in social media. And we're contacting a whole bunch of people in each region to attend. Yeah. So, these should be very well attended and they should be exciting and they're designed to be very strong pro-freedom save america rallies and to inspire people across virginia to get out and vote and to stand up for freedom and to make a difference and i'll be that point of the spear for them but they have to be the spear and they've got to drive that at the heart of the beast and then we're yeah. going to bring down the evil in america and raise up the good and bring back the constitution limits on government power end inflation by cutting government spending and cutting the regulations and boxing the regulations in with that piece of legislation I've told you about, the Congressional yeah. Responsibility and Accountability Act that I wrote for Ron Paul. Mm -hmm. And that, uh, that'll be reintroduced. And I'll be campaigning. Even when I'm in office, I'm going to campaign across the country to pass this legislation. It's going to be a nonstop freedom fest. We are doing it. We're having a ball. Uh, Robert and I had a blast in Scottsdale. It was a blast. You guys could, you got to come to these events and, and we got to figure out because if it starts at six, I'll be live three to five that afternoon from somewhere out there. So we'll talk about the details. That'll be fun to broadcast before the event. And then the next day in Virginia, in Richmond, Virginia, uh, yeah. there is the rally to save American central uh, Virginia, Richmond, Virginia. And that will be, uh, looks like uh, Atlas 42, uh, in uh, Glen Allen, Virginia, specifically. And that's yeah. happening also 6 to 8.30 p.m. And I'll be there with Jonathan at that event. So if you guys are planning your travel trips around a lot of cool things that are happening later in this month, 
You know, it's these, these events. So everybody going into the event gets an American flag so they can wave the flag. They also get campaign material they can put up. So they'll be given uh, yard signs and bumper stickers and all that stuff. And then in addition to that, this is super cool, Robert. I think I have it here somewhere. Yeah. Everybody gets, I don't know where it is here, Robert. Oh, here it is. Everybody gets a boxing glove. <laughs> That's awesome. Keychain. Yeah. And red, white, and blue. And it's an Everlast or nice. ringside. There it is. Ring ringside. Yeah, I see it. Awesome. Yeah. Get this, and that may look big compared to my hand. It's actually only about two and a half inches. But anyway, this is what we're going to do because we're going to give a knockout blow mm. to the socialists and communists to bring back the red, white, and blue. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So everybody gets that to show their, their support for freedom in America. Then on the 31st, the final day of March 2023, the Oak Barn at Loyalty, which is basically Leesburg, Virginia. And uh, I'll be there uh, that that afternoon and evening. And we're just going to keep this uh, uh, freedom rally going uh, the last three days of March. There's more events. I mean, those are the ones I know I can attend. And I'm grateful that I'll be able to be there with you, Jonathan. We had, again, such a great time talking with folks. Getting, you know, I love giving a little bit when I have an opportunity. Your your history, because some people still don't know you. Like I'm a best kept secret in some ways. You're a, a really good secret terms because you've never run for political office. You never wanted to. And I want people to know why you're doing it. I know you share that as well, but because well, we've been on this journey for so long, I love being able to share that, a little bit of that journey that I've been involved with. One thing I should say about the Leesburg location. So that's in a barn, but it's a barn where people have weddings. So it's a beautiful floor in the barn and it has mm -hmm. chandeliers in there and everything. It's absolutely gorgeous in there. And so each of these places are beautiful and each of them are going to just be fantastic. And we're going to rock those places. People are just going to have a ball and hearing all the music that's patriotic, inspiring and paying the tributes that we do to the people who fought and died for this country. And then to have uh, a rally afterwards with a full blown speech. A lot of people are familiar with the Trump rallies, uh, you know, where, where you've got Donald Trump up there and he's laying out in lavender what the what the bad things are and presenting his 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 uh, proposals. Well, this in some ways is similar in that. That's what I do. I, I, as Robert knows from the events that have just passed uh, in Scottsdale, I never give the same speech twice, by the way. And I always, uh, I draw from whatever is an appropriate historical uh, quotation or uh, uh, mm -hmm. epic American history to uh, help educate people about what has happened in the past that is relevant for today. But I also explain precisely what the problems are uh, underlying the, the things that we're most concerned about, uh, inflation, crime, um, uh, the, the sexualization of kids and their transitioning in schools, Marxism in the schools, and uh, border crisis and so on. I, I explain the problem and the source of it. And then I explain precisely what I'm going to introduce in legislation to solve it. And it is part of an overall campaign to bring about those reforms. So this is a national movement. This is not only a movement to get elected from Virginia. This is yeah. a movement to change the law that will affect the whole nation in a very, very positive way. We can put out, get rid of inflation. We can get gas prices back down to $2 a gallon. We can have economic prosperity, the likes of which we have never seen before, rolling back all this interfering and, and destructive regulation. And we can protect our borders, secure them completely. One of the things people just quickly that I, that I uh, recommend and will introduce 
is legislation to remove the asylum seeking process from the United States and make asylum only available in the country of origin of the people seeking asylum through the US embassies there. And that will instantaneously draw down the numbers of people going to the border. Not only will they not be able to legally enter the country and will be arrested, detained and ejected under the laws that I will amend and uh, produce, but they will also be required by law. It will be a violation of the law if they seek asylum in the United States rather than at the United States embassies in their countries of origin. This mm -hmm. will help stem this flow and will help reduce it. And then we'll complete the border wall construction. We'll re restore remain in Mexico. And we will make sure that block grants are given to the to border the state. states. Yeah. So the states which have the keenest interest in protecting us from a border invasion because it's their state borders. Yeah. They will be able to hire far more National Guardsmen, uh, spending more money for National Guardsmen, mm -hmm. as well as state police. And they will be given authority. They have it under the Constitution, but will be made express by law mm -hmm. under, under Article 1, Section 10, the State Self-Defense Clause, to take whatever steps are necessary to protect their states from invasion. And this will shore up the uh, borders and it will immediately and substantially prevent this from happening in future. It will be a secure border for the United States. And when we were in Scottsdale, I met, again, so many cool people that came to the event. And, and I met uh, uh, Mark, who owns Eminent uh, uh, Wellness, and they have these incredible, uh, this huge, incredible uh, chamber where you go into, uh, what do they call it, hyperbaric chamber with oxygen helping so many people recover that were, were written off, including cancer and other things. But he was also, when I was there, he was taking care of the border guards. They could come in and be cared for because of their stress, their health issues. And I was like, man, these are really good people. We talk about yeah. Americans that care for Americans that are doing a thankless tasks often. And uh, I appreciated him. And those of you who missed some of the shows we did the last week, uh, including at eminent, uh, wellness was fantastic. I love meeting that. That's, a, that's one of the coolest things, Jonathan, is we're going out on the road like this. I get to, you know, it's not just us here talking through, you know, the electronic media to get down there and talk to them and meet, shake their hands, give them hugs if they're up for it. And it's been great. And that's oh, why I'm looking forward people. to these events. They're great people. And, you know, we, we're meeting people who are just strong, freedom-loving people all across the country. And uh, they have serious questions about the future of this country, just like we do. And they realize I mean, I don't know if the socialists think they pull one over on America, but they're in for a rude awakening in these coming elections because these people are fully aware that transformational change out of the mouth of Chuck Schumer is a transformation of America from a republic into a socialist dictatorship or a Marxist state. They realize that that's what they mean mm -hmm. and they, they can they can deny it. They can hide it. You know, it's amazing. They got so overconfident, so arrogant that they proclaim themselves socialists and they claim directly that they want government control over the private sector and they want freedom in America uh, to be extinguished. They don't call it that. They say that it's up to government to define your rights and protect your rights. And they don't believe in God. They don't believe that God gave man rights uh, independent of the state and that you have unalienable rights. They view everything as dispensable in an emergency. They call for more emergency powers. They're right now calling for more powers to be given to the WHO 
so yeah. that our own jurisdiction and control in the doctor-patient relationship can be violated by some edict coming out of Tedros. Yeah. WHO. Uh, we should never be have been in the WHO. There's no sense in it. There, the, anything that comes out of the WHO that would have any potential benefit, we will hear and we can decide for ourselves how we can use that in our own country. But yeah. by and large, it's like everything else that's an inter international organization. It's designed to enable uh, others to control the United States or to control our future. It's a violation of our sovereignty. It's a violation of your rights if this power is given yeah. to an international organization to dictate how to respond to any uh, health emergency. Sometimes you got to go back to the basics and say, hey, you know, as I mentioned, one of those events, you're, you're a kid. You remember you had to ask for mom and dad for their permission to do stuff because you're a kid. You grow up, you're an adult. You go back to mom and dad and ask permission. And suddenly we have transpired, I say suddenly, but over a course of generations into a permission society where even as we become adults, we look to the government as our mommy and daddy. And please, can I have permission to speak freely about this or go here without the jab, for instance? And so this message that you're bringing up is, again, resonating even with what we might call the Democrats that had a different view. And it used to be, you know, when when uh, JFK, you know, Demo Democrats are far different. They would not be recognized today as Democrats uh, really also believed in freedom and had differences in perspectives in certain ways. But in the end of the day, got along because they you believed and perceived each of us was looking for the best for America. Now we don't have that perception. And I think many Democrats are waking up and realizing as their party, if you can call it that, has turned over control of their bodies, not only to Anthony Fauci, who now they're throwing under the bus, but the World Health Organization, things like this. And is the further you get it from you, the worse it gets. By the way, interestingly enough, about we've talked about establishment Republicans too. They're not without blame. Look at this. The GOP senators like uh, Mitch McConnell crying because Tucker Carlson actually is showing video that shows largely a peaceful incursion, if you will call it that, into the into this into the Senate and in the in the House of Representatives that didn't look anything like a coup or a, an actual assault or attack. There's a lot that they don't want us to know. Yeah, this is a, a, when you when you uh, take a look at the details here, it's absolutely clear. I mean, you've got a situation where Nancy Pelosi was warned well in advance that uh, there was a potential for a riot at the United States Capitol, was asked for uh, having additional National Guard assistance at the Capitol to diminish the chance of a breaking of the barriers to get in. And uh, she uh, willingly, knowingly refused to allow those additional steps to be taken. Now, remember, this is the same person who responded with absolute paranoia in the absence of any identified threat to put up fencing all around the Capitol during the inauguration and to completely secure with National Guard troops tons of them, I mean, thousands of them, uh, the entire perimeter so that there could be no threat to Biden, okay? So you're talking about a, a paranoid person. So when it comes to a direct intelligence, direct intelligence given to her uh, and reinforced by the chief of security for the Capitol and reinforced by a willingness of the Department of Defense to provide additional assistance, all of which were rejected, Nancy Pelosi knew what was coming, in my view. She certainly had ample reason to know it was coming. And she took none of the security precautions. And so as a result, you have this situation. Well, now we see that there are additional elements, apparently with the FBI, 
They were actively encouraging people to come into the Capitol building. There were acts of looting and destruction of property, but they were minimal. And the over over and and those people are rightfully prosecuted and incarcerated. But so many of these people either thought they were being invited in, thought they could get into the Capitol, did not understand that it was it was not open, did not break any doors, did not break any windows, did not do any of the harm. And uh, uh, those people ought not be treated like they are uh, criminals of war. And they are really political scapegoats that they're being used by this Democrat party that did the, the, the whole massive uh, January 6th production on Capitol Hill, which was a joke, the one-sided presentation without the other side having an opportunity to cross-examine without any serious, that's, that's the way, this is ca- called propaganda, friends. Yeah. And that uh, now we're seeing is, a cor- of course, a lie. Just like they lied to us about COVID, just like they lied to us about the jab, they're, they've lied to us about what happened with January 6th. Are you and surprised the- coming out? Are you surprised that, again, some of these old age old Republicans that have been there for decades are also seemingly opposed to having this kind of information come out? And why would that be? Well, I'll tell you what, this is I don't know why they freak out, because, look, this is Tucker Carlson's report as to what he found in these videos that were previously not disclosed. Mm-hmm. OK, if you disagree with Tucker Carlson. Why don't you present the evidence to the contrary? And why don't you articulate a reasonable explanation for your position? You don't just attack Carlson, condemn him, in, you know, say that he's presenting biased uh, information, whatever. That's not convincing. If you want to convince the American people, you come forward and explain what happened. Now, what we see happening here is a massive cover-up of the truth. We didn't have Nancy Pelosi examined. We needed to hear her from her under oath why she did not take the steps that were necessary to protect the Capitol, why she did not allow uh, the police, the Capitol Police, the resources and, and reinforcements they needed at the time they needed it, why she effectively condoned and allowed this whole thing to happen. And then what is this with the FBI? We need the answers. We need to know what involvement the FBI had, whether they were trying to instigate or encourage people to engage in this activity. For what purpose is this? It looks like to us, this is patently political. Well, who are they in touch with in the Democrat Party? Who, who, what, who, what people in leadership were they in touch with? Why did the leadership take so long to react? Why is it that there wasn't advanced preparation when there was all this intelligence coming to these people, telling them of the risks? And then why is there this massive overreaction and uh, Department of Justice and Attorney General prosecutions of people who had no involvement in any criminal activity whatsoever? All they all they did was they were present inside the building. They didn't break anything. You know, you don't put someone in prison and you don't prosecute them with the full extent of the law if they've engaged in criminal trespass. Remember this, this, the, these people who recently were trespassing, who were with the film crew. Yeah. They were trespassing. They got, they got the typical treatment, which was a slap on the wrist, a minor fine, and they're let go. We don't incarcerate people in solitary confinement who've done nothing more than commit criminal trespass when they didn't break anything, 
when they had no intention of committing a crime inside there. And a lot of these people, I mean, there are people who've been arrested who didn't even enter the building. Yeah, it, it, it's and, clearly and, a, a political and, vendetta. All over the United States, interviewing people and threatening them with prosecution and arrest. This is gross abuse of power. Well, and to your point, if you got a problem with Tucker Carlson's reporting, show us your evidence and let's let the, you know, the facts. I mean, you know, look, why did they get energized over this? Look, you've got reports of one kind or another all day long, the mainstream media that distorts, misleads and misdirects people as to facts. Shouldn't you be uh, dedicating yourself to condemning that? In this case, Tucker Carlson's interpreting information that is in that is actually documentary. It's films, you know. It's it's video of what happened. He's not he's not he's not dot you know he's not editing the video so that he conveys a misleading impression. He's just presenting the relevant video. Mm-hmm. It's not like they did. I mean, the January sixth committee all night long. They were taking excerpts out of out of context. They were conveying the impression that they had more evidence than they did. I mean, that was a whole uh, yeah. massive production of misleading content. And where is the criticism of that? Why aren't they railing daily against that? Well, there, there you go. Look at the obviousness of these people not invested no, in liberty, this, but looking for excuses. That's not. Hate, you know. That's not a private a, a journalist. That's our tax dollars being spent to mislead the American people. Exactly. Hey, Jonathan, we're about out of time. There's, you know, one thing I just wanted to mention, uh, kudos to Ron DeSantis to try and bring Novak Djokovic in uh, to play tennis down in Miami by boat. Apparently there might be a loophole there. I don't know why he's asking permission of uh, President Biden to do that. I would just do it as governor. It's like, dude, this is our state. And uh, this is ridiculous. The idea that there's still a vaccine mandate for this thing that doesn't work, that only causes harm. Yeah, he can be a guest of the governor. Yeah, why not? I, I don't why think there's going yeah, but uh, anyway, Jonathan, like I said, I'm looking forward to, I've got a, got almost three weeks at home before heading out again to hit the road with you and having a blast doing it, bringing people who love liberty together. And uh, congratulations on the Ron Paul endorsement officially now. I can't wait to see it and we'll uh, get it out to everybody as well. And uh, I'll tell everybody about some more upcoming events. Y'all check out emord4va.com as well as right here at robertscottbell.com where I remind you that the power to heal, even politically, is yours. All right, this hour we have a, a scheduled shift, uh, not in timing, but in timing of an interview. Yes, uh, Dr. Kirk Moore was scheduled today, got got a, a little uh, caught up in whatever, but tomorrow he's scheduled now. Just so you know, I, it, we, this is not a bait and switch, I promise. I know a lot of people have been anxious to hear him on this show. And if you don't know who Dr. Kirk Moore is, uh, the first couple of days, actually that first week we heard about the federal government uh, going after this physician who's a plastic surgeon by training. Uh, but who began to take care of patients in COVID, under the COVID crazy years, uh, with things like hydroxychloroquine, um, ivermectin, uh, various uh, vitamins and minerals. He was engaged in meeting the needs of his patients that couldn't find other doctors to meet those needs. And apparently and allegedly, 
Uh, the federal government says, and I think this was via some kind of sting operation, FBI agents did this, they they said he was disposing of and is engaged in a conspiracy to dispose of government property, property improperly somehow, illegally somehow, uh, because he uh, was alleged to have given saline injections instead of the COVID shots at the behest, at the request of patients, including parents for their children, rather than risking their life by giving them an experimental mRNA injection. Now, for those of you who thought, well, was is this like some of the other cases overseas where I've heard of doctors or nurses that didn't tell their patients that that what was happening? In other words, they came in, they wanted a shot, and they got saline instead. And and you could argue there's some deception there, uh, but that's not what happened here. I, I think the big deception is that the COVID shots would actually protect you and were harm harmless as opposed to being harmful. But let's put that aside for a moment, and we'll talk more about it now. This week again. I think I mentioned Superdome. What was it? Initially, I was being contacted by Vice, which is a online. I got an email from, uh, I can't remember the guy's Tim, name. Tim, somebody or He's something. He's a reporter. Yeah. yeah. And uh, wanted to do an interview with you for Vice for a uh, an article that they're putting together, which I think, if I remember correctly, uh, he said that it was going to be yeah. like the end of the week, which would be tomorrow. About Kirk Moore and about um, he wanted to know um, specifically how you uh, got involved with health independence was it health freedom alliance health independence and what I've I've talked about for years here during COVID how there was a ragtag group of doctors nurses homeopaths naturopaths pharmacists herbalists lay people coming together weekly and just talking about what's going on. No, 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 no. You're talking about the secret or underground organization. Yes. That uh, met in that libraries. Is and conspiring in, uh, yes, yeah. inside of a volcano. Remember, because that's uh, what they came out and said. There's like some secret organization involved here. <laughs> I'm like, uh, no, that's not actually accurate. We made absurd points to that extent. It's like, yes, a super secret organization that meets in public libraries that puts yeah. out the information. You know, it was just so absurd uh, that, you know, like, if anything I say to the vice reporter, I figured it's not going to, they have a preconceived notion of what they want to do. Anything that I would say that would counteract whatever their agenda is would be ignored anyway. And I had initially agreed to meet with them if I could record it. Then they said, no, no, we're really not interested. We just want to know how you want to be characterized, characterized, characterized. We want to hear about, you know, this organized, the secret organization. I'm like, dude, you're already starting on a foot. Like anything. That's that's an interesting way to put a I would like to do an interview with you to find out how you would like to be characterized yeah. in the article that we are coming out with mm. on Friday or the end oh, of the week. So they're going to talk crap about me probably in some way because uh, I am the ho- the so-called host or narrator and interviewer in this. Why don't show. you why don't you characterize Robert Scott Bell as Robert Scott Bell? Yeah. Why do you have to characterize him in any particular way? What did Robert Scott Bell do? Talk show host uh, since 1999. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, you're, you're hosting this, uh, this Utah, uh, uh, you know, documentary. That's, yeah. A documentary that's coming about, out. So, and they, and they had said the like alleged injury, uh, you interviewed people who cl- allegedly were, in, I mean, the, really in a denigrating way, like to deny the possibility that anybody was actually injured. I mean, like you're coming at me with that. And you want me to, I'm like, 
man, you're making it really difficult for me to want to interact with you because you're a <laughs> dirt bag. You know, these vice reporters. Do that, you know, I, I've never I've I've known about vice. I mean, mm -hmm. they're they're out there. They're one of the, you know, uh, mid range uh, uh, popular uh, news outlets there that has a, a bias, you know, a, a slant bias, to it big that bias, we would yeah. not uh, agree with. But that's okay. I mean, yeah. you know, we 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 talk about stories on all kinds of news outlets that we may not sure. agree with on everything. Mm -hmm. We we take articles and things like that on the merit of the article, right? Uh, but Vice has not been friendly to health freedom people or not people all. that question vaccines or anything in the past. Wait, so we kind of know where they probably are going with this. Yeah. Right. Um. So yeah, we just decided, uh, or actually, you decided. I didn't say I decided, but you decided that. Uh, I, yeah, I just said I thought better not of it. Worth it. There's yeah. nothing good that could come out of this. What they're What's trying the to upside? Do really, what is the upside? Do they want to hear? Are they like doing some kind of investigative reporting to find out, you know, mm -hmm. the details behind vaccine injury and whether they're real or not, or want to know what the the people are saying or what they've experienced? No. How about I mean, how about why did uh, allegedly over 1,200 people? I don't know what the number is. Reach out to Dr. Kirk Moore and say, "Hey, we need help because we can't find it from other doctors." Nice. Wouldn't that be an interesting story? Why did they go to a plastic surgeon and why did this plastic surgeon decide to help? Because he didn't charge them money for those services. And I saw him speak uh, last Friday about this and the audience there was packed were a hundred percent. If I could say that in his favor, they were like, you know, do you think this guy's a criminal for doing what he did? He was upfront about it with those that desired those services. And there was no, it's, you know, subterfuge other than the government going, oh, you disposed of our property, which is whose property again? The government's property? Yeah. Illegally, they illegally got it. But it's, the idea, there was no, there was know. no profit made here. No, I mean, they, they are, you know, is it possible they might be able to figure out some way to try and get him on some kind of technical? Of course. I mean, we know what yeah. they're trying to do. But again, right, you got right. rags like Vice that I think are are basically extensions of the federal government now. Because look at, you know, look at what we're seeing as far as the censorship of social media, more and more information coming out that there was overt, you know, they were even watching members of Congress who dared to mention natural immunity in a tweet before Elon Musk took it over. How do we suppress that tweet on natural immunity by Congressman so-and-so? I mean, that's the level to which our government engaged in censorship because of their need to have everybody except the one size fits all experimental mRNA injection. No treatment until you're on death's door in a hospital where you'll be given a kidney-killing drug and a vent to die from, and then we'll claim it's all COVID. There, there is, how would I say, zero credibility and zero legitimacy to what the federal government did in response to COVID. Everything they did, in fact, the first article this hour talks about the conspiracy theories becoming conspiracy facts from the Brownstone Institute. This is a, another great article if you go through it how many theories were not theoretical, but actually factual. And there's a list of, of about 15, no more than that. It's like 18 different things where, you know, these are the things that were considered conspiratorial theories. Like the virus may have originated in a lab in Wuhan. How about you know, how many people got in trouble for that one yeah. back in the day? How, how about lockdowns don't work? Oh, you're a conspiracy. You're one of them. I'm sure vice would have been right <laughs> in on that. Yeah. How about uh, masks are ineffective? Oh, my gosh, conspiracy theory. You're probably a right-wing Trump lover, right? 
That's what they said. How about infection conferring natural immunity that's at least as effective as vaccination, which is more than, of course. Oh, that's another conspiracy theory. How dare you? We need to suppress your freedom to speak because that's dangerous what you've just said. How about the COVID jabs don't stop infection, hospitalization, or even death? All the things we reported on. Oh, conspiracy theory. COVID vaccines don't stop transmission. Oh, that's another. You're part of the, the you know, the, the, the Trump conspiracy. You're a Nazi, whatever they'd call you. How about mRNA jabs are not confined to the arm, but go to, oh yeah, you're definitely a conspiracy theorist on that. How about vaccine mandates are fueling cross-vaccine hesitancy? What did, what did we discover? Or, or the, the one just before that, yeah. that they don't increase vaccine take-up. Take they mandate. tried so many weird things. Dude, you remember the giveaways and the free French fries yeah. and the hamburgers lottery. and the, the lottery and all that stuff? Millions and millions and millions of dollars yep. uh, just thrown down the toilet. Uh, because when they, after it was all said and done, they found out that it, it didn't increase I, uptake. At how all. embarrassing must it be for reporters from Vice <laughs> and other leftist rags who claimed all of these things were conspiratorial uh, theories and not actual? Like, uh, you know, what's Rachel Mad Dog as well? And people like her, just embarrassing. You know, you, well, they're hoity-toity intelligent people from Ivy League schools, and yet they lied through their teeth. Or they're dumb as rocks and they pretend because they have a degree from an Ivy they're, League. They're on the wrong side of history. They Very hitch themselves so. to the wrong wagon. And and th- not that they'll admit that. Yeah. You know? Just incredible. Incredible. We tried to tell you. We tried to warn you. And there's a lot of great bullet points in this article. What have we learned, uh, basically, that you do not want to rely on central government bureaucracies when it comes to any crisis of health or anything? Yeah, this is a really good article. It's very long, very long, but it's definitely worth a read. Ramesh Thakur, Brownstone Institute Senior Scholar. Check that out. It's in the show notes at Robert Scott. We need to get uh, Jeffrey Tucker back on. I I can't tell you. know, last time we had him on, uh, I think we made him blush because (laughs) we complimented the Brownstone Institute and what he has, has done here with the Brownstone Institute and how it's just, it's just a, a, it's now become a, a, a mainstay. In our show prep, because the the content that they put together is just really good. Really good work. So thank you for that article. And uh, for all of uh, you, uh, you know, supporting us here, despite the bands and the shadow bands and all of that. And, you know, we were just honorable mention on the, you know, the the dirty disinformation dozen. But we don't (laughs) we pale in compared to the government and its disinformation campaign, along with the, the leftist media and even Fox News played roles in that. And, you know, as you point out, Super D, as we were talking before the show, look, it, it, it's possible that Tucker Carlson is cherry picking only the nicest, loveliest video, but it would make no sense at this point. And I'm not saying Tucker Carlson is without faults. So that's not me. That's not at all where I'm and, going. And with. I'm not saying that he yeah. did that. No, but I but, am not one of the, I never have been. Well, I can't say I've never have been. There was a time when I was pretty gullible, but yeah. Uh, over time, wisdom uh, has, has settled in to some degree, mm-hmm. as happens with most people as they, they go through life and they experience things and they fall on their face and they get back up. They become a little more skeptical about things and they want to verify things. And, and I'm one of those people. Yeah. You know, you've got 40, over 40,000 hours of video. Most of it's was, probably empty hallways. So it's probably, you got to find right? the good stuff, right? But, but. Mm-hmm. It's it's been given to uh, to him exclusively, and from what I hear is that once he's done with it, it's going to be made public. 
And so <clears throat> he's been accused of cherry picking only the, the, you know, the, the, the scenes out of the video that show people looking bored and mulling around and not doing anything. Yeah. Okay. I'm saying let's, let's get it all out of there. Be transparent. Just like, you know, Tucker says, and Fox says, and everything like that. And let's make sure that there isn't something that got missed in there somewhere because then, you know, if you do that, then CNN and MSNBC and all of the numbnuts out there that are there are sitting there saying that, that Tucker is being very irresponsible and cherry picking and, you know, mm. lying and yada, yada, yada. If we go by what Tucker put out, yeah, I mean, it's pretty plain as day that there were a lot of lies that were told. And if anybody's cherry picked anything, it's been the media yeah. and the White House on the video that they have allowed to be put out there, the montages well, they put out there, that all it does is just show people breaking windows and beating people and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. The stuff who, that we saw on Tucker's show, yeah. nobody's seen before. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. a, what do we call it then? Uh, um, some are calling it a censorship industrial complex. God, like on we somebody. needed another industrial complex. Jeez. Yeah. But I mean, they've really institutionalized censorship. You know, it's one thing if you were a, a news reporter and you decide to censor a story or the, the network does, but when the government engages in it, next level violations. Yep. And as I said, the vice people or whatever these uh, leftist rags are, shame on you for not wanting to cover a story and get to the bottom of it and let the facts lead where they may. That used to be what was considered good reporting, investigative journalism. Now it's all about, I've got a bias. I want to confirm that bias and anything that doesn't, I will censor and I will call you names if you try to show uh, something about my bias that I don't like, that I don't want revealed. So to your point, Super D, again, there could be some some acts of, of violence that you, you go, hey, man, there's some criminal activity that went well, on there. And, and here's the thing. If, if you listen closely, and I, mm -hmm. I, haven't, I haven't gone back and watched the, the Tucker uh, segments again. Mm -hmm. I've only seen yeah. them one time through. But I do seem to recall that when he was explaining that he did not say that there wasn't violence going on. Yeah. He was saying that there were some bad apples there and some people that did do things that they should not do. And he did not condone that. He did not say it was okay. He, he denounced it. Tucker, yeah. Tucker did. Uh, but he said that there was a whole lot of nothing that was going on other than people. It looked like they were going on a sightseeing tour. They were taking yeah. pictures and looking at handouts and pamphlets. The the wearing the horn hat. The Q yeah, shaman, like, yes. You know, the capital guy just walking <laughs> with him, you know, like oh, it's yeah. a tour or something. I mean, yeah. dude, there's just such weirdness about it. But And, been, and the, uh, the Officer Sicknick thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was supposed to be dead. That and, is very interesting because yeah. when you, you look at this 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 cop, uh, you know, the, the, the official story that came out there was that he got beat to death with a fire extinguisher. Mm -hmm. But there's there's video that Tucker showed of him walking around and directing people through the Capitol and stuff like that after he was supposedly Hopefully. beaten to death and died. Yeah. And then he didn't actually die until afterwards. It was like a day or two afterwards. And the autopsy that mm -hmm. was done showed that he died. He died of, of, of a, a blood clot in the brainstem. He died. It's on there on the autopsy. Natural causes. Very likely COVID jab related, my opinion. We could probably talk well, to you know some of these docs in that. Whether regard. it's COVID jab related or not, it yeah, didn't happen it the way that, that the media put it out there. Exactly. So interesting uh, stuff. Do like George Carlin. Whatever the government says, do not believe it. It's likely <laughs> the opposite is true.
or trust or, or do like Reagan trust, but verify. but verify. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, Hey, upcoming events. I just want to re revisit that for those of you who don't know the controversy about this new film, Utah safe and effective in a political documentary. This is something that is going to be released widely uh, for free on Saturday, the 11th of March. And we have that linked in the show notes today and tomorrow. We'll have it March, March 9th and 10th when we're airing this before this event. You can watch from around the world, wherever you are. It's three different times, morning, midday, and evening, so that somewhere around the world, it'll be in a reasonable time for you, wherever you are on planet Earth. Three showings with Q&A afterwards each time. I'm going to try and be at least one, maybe two of them to do Q&A because uh, I, I'm in the film as a, basically as a interviewer and a narrator of, and there's great stuff. And toward the end, challenges preconceived notions about healthcare, how it's delivered, conflicts of interest from all avenues, government, economic, um, well, you know, say political, but also even religious. There's some religious overtones there. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to, it probably will offend some people, uh, but it's not intended to do that, but it, it's actually going to show even people like Ron DeSantis, who we like by and large being very aggressively for the jab. And I think it's important to know that these people aren't, none of them are peers of driven snow. There are no clean hands here. The question is, are people learning and doing better once they learn more? So, you know, that, that that's an interesting thing because there's a lot of people that we, uh, we would probably agree with on various topics that mm -hmm. um, are also okay with the COVID shot. And so, yeah. you know, it's interesting. I mean, I guess depending on, on the circumstances, is that like a deal breaker for most people? Yeah. I mean, would that be for you? Well, would I, you, I, let's I, say, let's, let's, let's go the political route. Yeah. yeah. A candidate, right. Pro freedom, freedom of speech, second amendment. He checks off all the boxes for you, except he's for vaccination, not mandates, yeah. but he's for vaccination and, and a supporter and thinks that people ought to get it and got it himself. Would you be able to yeah. vote for that guy? No, he's a moron. <laughs> no, I, I'm just kidding. Wait a minute. Where's the common ground here? Come on, man. No, as long as he or she doesn't go to the mandate that crosses the line. Obviously, right. Most people in America and the West believe in like a religious sacrament, but many are questioning it more than ever before. So this is going to become an issue in the next election cycle like never before. The, uh, the ability to speak about this and being denigrated automatically as an anti-vaxxer to discredit you will not work. Will not work because the definition is so broad and vague, it's meaningless. And as long as the mandate, that's the thing, the, the Dems are going to have to run away from their belief in mandating masks, shots, etc., shutdowns, lockdowns, those kinds of things, WHO takeover of our ability to respond to that. All of those things are not going to be winning arguments except maybe in Chicago and L.A. and San Francisco, maybe Boston. Outside of that, it's going to New York City, okay, maybe. But I don't know about ahead. you, but I haven't seen any signs yet mm -hmm. of them doing that, of them distancing oh. themselves from mandates. No, I wait, think wait they're, till they're the still election. all in. Yeah. Yeah, no, wait till the yeah. election season hits, heats up, and then I think it's going to be an issue. You think so? <clears throat> yeah, because I've been seeing the health freedom message resonate across the spectrum, outside of the you know the, the people that cannot be reached. Yeah, I, I really sense that. That's different. It's a window of opportunity that we have that I believe Jonathan Emord has in running for uh, the United States Senate and any candidate. 
You know, you want to, and this is another interesting thing. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm thinking about this. Did you see that there's a trial balloon uh, for Bobby Kennedy? Are they, is, the, is the Air Force going to shoot it down? No, not that kind no. of trial balloon. Oh. Maybe yes, I did he, see that. I decide, did see that. He's, yes. he's saying, hey, maybe I'll run for president, Bobby Kennedy. Yeah. And his wife, he said his wife approved. So that's the thing. You know, you got to get through the family. But <laughs> I look big at deal. Kennedy and I look at Trump and I'm like, Bobby mm. Kennedy's better on the jab than Trump is. Right. But Bobby Kennedy's a Democrat. Oh, well, is he a, a Democrat like his uncle? Think about that. John F. Yeah. Kennedy? He's very much uh, a uh, a climate uh, uh, guy, you know. Yeah. Um, so so there, that there is... are there are issues there. I agree, but he knows right. about regulatory capture. Right. He knows about the, the you know the 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 private property concept that Ron Paul had had uh, elucidated on as far as protection of the environment. So so this is an interesting now this is an interesting conundrum that you've you've mm-hmm. thrown out here for people. People I think right now are, are probably going to lose sleep now because you've you've injected this into their no pun yeah. intended mm-hmm. into their their mind. So you've got a uh, a guy who's going to run probably against Trump, it would appear, who's a Democrat. Yeah, he's anti-vaccine. Uh, anti-mandate, mm-hmm. anti-big pharma, pro-climate change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, hmm. But knows of the EPA. But yeah. So no, are you are you literally saying that you would vote for you would vote for RFK Jr. if he ran and if he was? Uh, what I am saying is my inclination is to want to see him run because sure. of what it would bring out. He first he has to run against the Democrats. Do you and think, I think he could that win? Would be a blast. Do you I think, think he could win? I I don't know if that's possible at this moment, but right. the history of the Kennedy family, I, I think he's risking his life to do so because they've, you know, they've taken out his dad and and his uncle to, to because those the Kennedys say what you will about their family because there's been a corruption within their family too, but on some of the fronts they've been principled men, pro-American mm-hmm. men as well, uh, that were not communists like the Democrats of today. That have really here's, gone here's the in. way I would look at it. When Ron Paul was running, yeah, uh, both you and I and a lot of people got caught up in the energy of that campaign, right? Yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> behind the scenes, there was a lot of talking going on. You and I had these conversations at the time that uh, it we we did we weren't convinced that he mm-hmm. was going to win. Yeah, but we were excited about the message. We were excited about the reaction and the reception yes uh that he got mm-hmm. in the in the, the, the everybody the military yeah. and the young people and the old people and they were like that i mean the the, the energy was was uh, enormous the the real effect that he had that i thought was significant and really i think is is a legacy of when he ran mm-hmm. was that he changed the message he changed the topics mm-hmm. Uh, that were being discussed in the debates. He brought things to the forefront. Yeah, Nobody was talking about the Fed until yeah. he suddenly showed up, and then suddenly you had people, everybody on the stage was talking about the Fed. How about, talking about a, how about foreign policy? Foreign policy, totally. He, really, he started a shift for a number of Republicans anyway to not to be how, the primary warmonger party, and then the Democrats took that over. How many times do you remember during the debates when he every time he would say, let's bring our troops home, people mm-hmm. applauded in the arenas? Yeah. Exactly. It was it was a that thing. Was so that was huge. So he, he had Bolden, a huge impact. I see Bolden's in our audience, Michael. 
And he's asking, how's RFK on Jr. on foreign policy? Good question. I have a sense that he'll be more like a Ron Paul guy, but that's just, I haven't asked him that. Uh, what about surveillance? Yeah, I mean, these are the things I have a suspicion that we would like Bobby Kennedy's position on a number of issues. Not to say that, again, we're aligned well with Trump on every issue, right? We like some of the things he did. So uh, I just would love him to be in there to shake it up and, man, cause a ruckus in the in the Democratic Party that they'll have to run from some things that, that will be very popular among Democrats. Should Bobby Wouldn't Kennedy, it be interesting to have a candidate yeah. with, with yeah. name recognition? He's a Kennedy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, going up there and taking on Big Pharma on the big stage. You know, yeah. most of those candidates that are, are running – are all getting money from big pharma, you know, yeah. huge, huge, you know, and Christian, so. the audience also reminds us of the 1999 death of JFK jr. Who mm-hmm. would, was going to run against Hillary and beat her in the New York state Senate race or Senate for, from uh, anyway. Yeah. So the Kennedy clan, they've, they've, they've dealt with a lot of this. And so uh, kudos to Bobby Kennedy for not walking in fear. Although his, you know, his, his voice, that dystonian, his voice that ha- happened, I think there's a familial thing that happened there. Uh, as that goes. But uh, yeah, I'm fascinated by what could be shaken up on the Democrat yeah, we'll party see. side. Yeah. We'll see so, what happens there. Anyway, look, I, and, and I'm not under the delusion that it, if just one guy was president or one guy, it, it, everything changes. It's about our reflection of, of our values. And if we want government to give us stuff, then we'll always vote for, you know, whether it be welfare or warfare, because they're the two sides of the same coin. When we take responsibility for our own lives and care for others and help others because we have the capacity to do so in freedom, not in coercion, not in deception, not in fear of loss of our freedom. Uh, let's see what else is coming up. Upcoming events uh, right after the EMORT events in Virginia, I'll be flying down to Tampa, uh, basically Clearwater, Florida for the nutritional frontiers. Uh, amazing retreat, healing retreat on the beach in Clearwater. So I'll be there on the 1st and the 2nd of April, although the, I'll miss the, the nighttime festivities on the 31st because I'll be at the Emort event. But I'd love to see if there are a few tickets left. I think there may be even day passes to go to that. Uh, but the Mind, Body, Soul Restoration event 2023, that's uh, April 1st and 2nd. And I believe, didn't they say Judy Mikovits is having a birthday at that one? I think that uh, Judy Mikovits and... Who else? Is it Joe Messino's birthday uh, too? Joe Messino, yeah. They're yeah, both having birthdays. Awesome birthday celebration there as well. Yep. And then uh, coming back uh, from there, let's see, we've got some other events. Mid-April, I believe it is, um, was, no, a little after mid-April, the 21st. April 21st. 22nd, <clears throat> uh, the uh, Be Healthy Utah Conference. They all be speaking at and broadcasting from there. BeHealthyUtah.com. Then the uh, Functional Medicine Summit and Expo with uh, Drs. Terry and Stu Warner. Once again, we're back in Nashville. And you can you can become a vendor if you want and be part of that. Send a message to drsdoctorswarner at protonmail.com if you'd like to be part of that. Otherwise, just click on the link. Uh, Dr. David Brownstein, Dr. Krishna Donaparthi, who was with us at uh, the Next Steps Conference, Dr. James Neuschwander, Dr. John Witcher, who's running for governor of Mississippi. I haven't interviewed him yet. Uh, Dr. Avery Jackson, Judy Mikovits, me, Christina Parks, James Thorpe, Dr. Charles Rouse, Dr. Jordan Vaughn, Christina Rahm, Ed Group, Dr. Group. So there's a lot of good people are going to be there. Of course, the the Nurse Freedom Network, uh, we will see so many of our friends there uh, as well. Uh, So after that, we've got, we might have some other events popping up before that. I just don't have them on the map yet. But the Goody Farms Homestead, our great friend Leslie, who has the Stay at Home Mom uh, podcast on the Robert Scott Bell Podcast Network, 
is hosting us till July 14th, 15th, and 16th, mid-July. Food, family, campfire, music, learning, healing, homesteading, and organic pie. That alone. Click on that. Watch that. Check it out. We'll want to see you there for that weekend. And then we have September 14th through 17th, the Las Vegas of Biomed Expo. For tickets and info, go to biomedexpo.com. And if you'd like, you can, well, all the things we talk about here, you can have access to. There are banners available to you here at robertscottbell.com, including when we get to questions of the day, we're going to talk about a little bit of heavy metal detox options as well. That's coming up. Uh, so what did I miss? What did I miss here as we going through the show today? Um, By the way, rumor yeah. rumor has it there will be a new episode of uh, Preacher and the Polish Girl today. Oh, okay. Later, later on this afternoon. Yes. So shout out I've to missed, the I've missed their voices. They haven't had an episode in a couple of weeks. Well, good. I'm glad they'll be back. Yes. Mm-hmm. So let's see here. <sighs> Omission of children's COVID-19 vaccine deaths in Australia raises concerns. Man, you talk about a prison penal colony of Australia, government collusion, against the people and omission why was there an omission well the why who was, in char- who was in charge of that one somebody dropped the ball yeah well you yeah know, we just you- didn't bother to put it up there didn't think you yeah. guys would be interested yeah well why didn't they release the fact that children were being harmed from the covid jabs and even even killed even killed well that would increase what vaccine hesitancy and we couldn't have that because the people of Australia were sold out, just like the people of Israel were sold out. People of Canada, New Zealand, America, various European countries were sold out to the pharmaceutical church. These are disgusting men and women in government to do that. And children died. You know, it's bad enough if adult dies. I'm not saying I'm diminishing adults who die, but good Lord, really innocent children? You went after them when there was no risk, no arguable risk to children? In COVID, and you like target them, and then when they die after getting the shots, you deny that it occurs or just pretend it didn't. Despite 100,000 plus adverse events recorded, according to the TGA's website, the VSIG has been convened only a couple of times during the pandemic. One occurred in January 21st, 2022, according to an article, discussed two fatal cases of suspected thrombosis and thrombocytopenia. You know, these things are real. It's like, shouldn't you say, hey, there's a risk? So we can't mandate it. It's anecdotal. Even if, yeah, even yeah, but even anecdotal risk is an, is a risk. You know, just just it, it's disgusting. I I pray that as we move forward, the people of planet Earth wise up like our founding fathers and said we should never give that much power to government to be able to own and control our bodies in this way. And I recognize the United States is the only official country that acknowledged that through a Declaration of Independence. But it'd be nice to see there be more movement toward freedom because of what we've experienced. And the doctors that claim, well, at the end of this article, they say, well, our hands are tied. As doctors, we really do not know how to treat these adverse events. There's limited information, limited collaboration, because overall, there's some reluctance <laughs> to discuss what? these. What? And some doctors even admit, to, they're afraid to admit that they happen. And here we come back to the Health Independence Alliance. And, and this is only one, one group or organization among many unofficial organizations, ragtag groups that came together during COVID to talk about the things that were not allowed to be discussed. The doctors that came out that I interacted with, and I would talk about this every, almost every week on the air. Hey, we're talking to doctors about this. They're afraid to come out. They can't come out. They'll lose their job. They'll lose their license. What 
What is it they say they don't know how to treat? Uh, adverse events. An adverse. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't understand. What is that? Why do you not understand that? What, what ad- adverse you? event is it they say they don't know how to treat? For adverse what event Following the vaccines. Following yeah, the- like I, mean, I know, but what? Like what? Like, for example. Well, they can't say because they're not allowed to acknowledge that they exist. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Why we know you just the, say we're morons. Yeah. Well, you, you know. can treat it. You can you claim to be able to treat everything, right? You're a doctor. You tell me the adverse events that come with vaccines. You don't know how to treat. That doesn't make any sense. Well, they're not allowed to acknowledge them. And if they do, what do they do? How do they detoxify the body from an MRNA jab? They don't even know how to detoxify the body from yeah, a regular. Well, I mean, listen, a doctor's not going to say, okay, I need to detox you from an MRNA job. They're talking about other adverse events, sure. you know, from vaccination. And for, for yeah, them to say, we, we don't know how to treat those? Their treatments that were official and, and sanctioned and con- condoned were largely in, in, ineffectual or deadly. So the entire profession, you know, which I say be disbanded, but certainly limited because they're dangerous dunces in this regard. I just, it, it just, I'm baffled by statements like that. It's kind of like the, when, when uh, we found out that the uh, examiners and, and, and medical guys and stuff like that, they don't have a test to mm-hmm. be able to, to uh, when somebody dies, to determine whether they died from the vaccine or not. And I'm just like, yeah. What do you mean you don't have a, a test? How could you not? But apparently, that's what they say that, you know, there's somebody dies, they do an autopsy. They, they don't have the ability, they say anyway, yeah. to be able to determine that the vaccine is what did it. So, wh- so why do we look at them as experts in just about anything? Why would we go to them for solutions when they don't even have them or don't even? Oh, and them? they've got a built-in excuse to, to always say that it wasn't the vaccine because according to them, they have no way to test that it was the vaccine. Yeah, exactly. All right. How about the water? You think the government could do that right? How about that? Water <laughs> in schools. Well, the government knows that lead is not good for anybody, least of all children. And the government also knows that there is lead in the water. Decades Mm -hmm. and decades and decades of lead contamination in the water coming through the schools. And they can't get the lead out, apparently. This is a new report by Environmental America Research and Policy Center show that most states fall short in providing oversight for lead in schools and the testing that has happened to this point shows widespread contamination from rural towns to major cities. Of course, lead lowers your IQ, creates a lot of developmental disabilities. And, you know, there's a picture here of, a you know, water fountains in the school in Missoula, Montana, found high levels of lead, and they just they just covered it in plastic. Say, well, we're just not going to let you drink any water. That's, a, that's one way to fix it, right? <laughs> we'll just put a, a, a plastic bag over it. That'll keep people from drinking it. But that doesn't... That doesn't change the fact that in these municipal areas that you've got lead pipes that have been there for, you know, a hundred years. Yeah. And it's, you know, this, this irked me a little bit. You know, I'm always the guy that's it's always asking what some people might say is a dumb question, but mm-hmm. for me, I'm just looking, I'm going, okay, I've been around for a while, at least in the, in the last 18 years that I've been more focused on stories like this because working with you, yeah. Uh, this is not the first time I've seen a report or an article come out about there being lead in the water. This is, this is something that's been reported on the news forever. Yeah, let's and just so, say, for, for a moment, let's just say you had a, a private school that had 
found lead in the water. There would be an immediate move to filter that water, change the pipes out, and it would get done. Yeah, well, I, I did a little homework on this particular topic, okay? Because, uh, you know, my question is, why is it we're still find, finding lead in water? Why haven't we fixed this problem? Yeah. Well, it turns out, you know, I mean, I, I, I found like the, the usual excuses. Oh, well, you know, there has to be political will, you know, and there's resources that are needed, da, 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 whatever. Yeah. You know, here's, it, it, so I, I try to cut to the chase. How much would it cost to replace all the lead pipes <laughs> in, yeah. in the United States uh, t- tomorrow? You know, right. I mean, let's just quit messing around here. How much would it cost? Mm-hmm. Well, I found... Uh, a couple of different sources, the uh, Brookings Institute and the Environmental Defense Fund, yeah, came came out around fifty billion dollars is what it would cost to replace yeah. all of the lead pipes in the country. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at that. And I'm going, you know what? That looks like a lot of money, right? Fifty billion dollars. But then I was like, wait a minute. Let's put this in some perspective. How much money have we sent to Ukraine? Yeah, you're thinking right? a lot. Same lines. In, and, in yeah. 2022, the yeah. Congress uh, approved 113 billion dollars for Ukraine. The I'm Democrat thinking, wow, party controlled Congress. Oh no! You're telling That's me for for half of that, you can you can you can approve billion yeah. fifty billion dollars for Ukraine, but you can't approve fifty billion dollars to get the lead out of the water for the American people. No, but the Democrats are for the little people. They're for children, right? They're for protecting kids. How about Mandated. this? Just today, we were we saw that article about how it's costing this country hundred and fifty billion dollars annually. Mm-hmm. For the to to take care of and provide what we provide for the illegal aliens that come into this country, that's one hundred and fifty billion dollars a year. And you're mm-hmm. telling me that we can't find fifty billion dollars? That there isn't somebody that can just go, you know what? This is a problem. Kids are dying. Kids are are being damaged. People are are mm-hmm. getting sick. We're going to take fifty billion dollars instead of giving it to Zelensky. We're just going to write this fifty billion dollar check over here, and we're going to replace all of the lead pipes. Why 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 hasn't that happened? Mm-hmm. I mean, is it not important? Apparently not a lobby uh, from the pipe fitters anonymous groups. Also, uh, they could do it for a fraction of the cost just through uh, multimedia f- uh, filtration technologies. So without even changing the lead pipes, they could filter out the lead and other contaminants at the source of those fountains for far less than the 50 billion you rate and even having to change filter filters occasionally. Just get out there. Get yeah, I mean that would off. be that would be a, a, a you know I guess a, a solution. But you know, let's. I mean, if they if they fix the lead pipes, then you wouldn't have to have the filters because filters take maintenance. It's a it's a cost. Oh, that I agree. Going. I'm just saying if if it's in the short term, then, in the short term, absolutely. Yeah. And you would think it wouldn't be that difficult for somebody to point out all of the problems that are going on with the lead in the water, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, what 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 was the the name of the city that made the news? Flint, Flint, Michigan, Flint, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, gosh, everybody was in an uproar about how that it was racist and, you know, these 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 poor people and these low income areas and stuff like that. They're being discriminated against because they wouldn't fix the water and these kids are getting sick and and all this stuff. And nobody even cares about that anymore. It's over, you know, short term memory loss. You know, that's what we have in this country. But it yeah. seems to me it wouldn't be that hard for somebody like a Jonathan Emord, maybe right yeah. in Senate right. to get yeah. there and say, hey, look. This is going on. We can spend $50 billion on, on this stuff over here, or we could spend $50 billion and actually do something that's going to be good for the American people. Shouldn't be that hard of a sell, you wouldn't think. 
Yeah, <laughs> you know? well, and, and if the Democrats who had, you know, control of all the houses of Congress for a time, again, same thing when we see the Republicans in control or establishment Republicans, not a lot changes. Finding people, men or women of integrity that can't be bought like Ron Paul, like I said, it's not going to solve everything, but it's going to help impact the, I've talked about it this way, sphere of influence. We all have a sphere of influence and we have impact on people around us. Having good people in areas where there are a lot of bad people might not be good for the good person, but if that good person's willing and, and is aware of going into that environment and is not uh, contaminated by it, there can be a positive effect on people around them. I think that the net uh, result of a Ron Paul in Congress overall was a positive effect. Some were inspired. There are people that have a Ron Paul type legacy that are in politics today because of what they witnessed, not only at the House of Representatives where he served, but in various state houses and Senate campaigns and maybe one day gubernatorial campaigns and presidential campaigns to come. So this is where I say it's not a zero sum game or, you know, whatever the, t the term is where it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. And what if it did? I, you know, I am not encouraging you to, to vote or not vote, but I am actively supporting my friend Jonathan Emor because I believe it would be a net positive to have someone like that of that integrity in there to pontificate, to elaborate, to, uh, not coerced, but certainly through intelligent discourse, historical perspective, and his ability to write legislation like he wrote for Ron Paul. I think overall we're better off. That's why I'm supporting him. Whether you vote for him or not, or whether you vote or not, it would be, I think, a better thing to have him there than not. Does it mean that solves every problem? No. But then for those that say it doesn't matter at all, then what's the point of, of being alive and having, oh, you have no impact on anybody around you at all? None? Why are you here? And now I'm not, I'm not initiating calls for your elimination or destruction. When I say that, that'd be, you know, that'd be like a population reductionist agenda. But those are the people that are saying we need to reduce population, but they never volunteer themselves to do so. That's different than what I'm telling you here. I'm just saying for those that have become so jaded, and I, I can't, I can't argue against how you become jaded. I mean, we all have in terms of, well, voting. Would it change anything? Not much, but if you happen to know somebody of great integrity, wouldn't you rather have them in than not? In the meantime, you could still do other things that may be more effectual on the localist of local level. And that's really where it's important anyway, you know? Yeah. I mean, really, look, I, underst I understand, and, and I can't remember the name of the guy in the chat room that was yeah. like the other day. giving you a hard time yesterday yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, look, you know, we understand that, you know, at the, at the, the highest rung of the ladder – Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> there's not a whole lot going on there yeah. that's making a huge difference or there's really not a lot of change that's happening that should be. But at the local level, it's a different story. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a whole lot more uh, that can be done at the local as, level. As and, below, so above and vice versa. So wherever you are, whatever you're drawn to do, and Jonathan right now is drawn to be there, not that he wanted to be, but he feels like that's the best place for him to serve with what he can do. And I'm supporting that. So there, yeah. deal with it. Now, uh, real quick, I'm not going to go into time because uh, I don't have time to go into this next story. It's so obvious. I, it's like it would be a moment of dub, but big, big food, big pharma colluding to keep Americans diabetic and obese to maximize profits. Is that even a story? I mean, is that surprise, surprise? No, we know that. <laughs> so what do we do? <laughs> Eat more donuts. That's no, right. More donuts. And vegan. More Big uh, Macs. Yeah. So let's move on because we've got questions of the day I want to get to and some some uh, good nutritional options going forward that can prevent things like Alzheimer's. So Super D, if you can bring up, uh, I think we got one, two or maybe. Even three. All 
All right. Questions of the day. They're listed in the show notes at robertscatbell.com. The first one's coming from Tanya, T-A-N-J-A. I believe it's still pronounced Tanya, but apologize if I'm wrong. Hi, RSB and Super D. Six and a half years ago, my daughter was hit by a drunk driver. She has lots of metal in her body to put her back together. She is now married and wanting children. They're having a difficult time conceiving. In January, she had a miscarriage. Recently, she had some tests done. She has been told her anti-malarian hormones are low, and so is her iron. Do you have any suggestions for them? Thank you in advance, Tanya. Um, look, excuse me, fertility is on the precipitous decline and has been for decades. It's only been accelerated by COVID jabs. I'm going to assume your daughter has not had the COVID jab. So that's one less thing we'd have to take care of. I don't know, but I'm assuming that for the sake of what we can do here. You mentioned metals. I guess if if you have to wear a lot of metals in your body, it's usually titanium. Uh, and yes, that can put a stress on your minerals. That like selenium, for instance, or if you suspect other heavy metals, uh, there are various ways, including selenium, to help get the, the lead out, per se. Um, we have, I think in the... Sh- I think they're still there, Super Don. Yeah, the uh, Pure uh, Body Extra, Fulvic Minerals, right? And the Zeolites. So yes, that's it. Right there, right there on the website. You can click on the, yeah, on the banner. A show. water-based delivery system, uh, that would be something I would do absolutely to bind any heavy metals that you have concern over. Uh, as far as botanical medicine, I can say it because I don't sell it, the Dr. Christopher's Hormonal Change Ease product has been legendary in bringing couples that couldn't have babies to have them. Uh, I'll use the example of my friend Rachel. Who, I just so happen what do you got? to have a bottle that's sitting on my shelf over here. Look at that. Hormonal Change Ease. How do you like that, huh? Yeah. Now, it could be for women with menstrual difficulties. It could be for women who are in menopause or in the, on the way. It doesn't did, matter. It did wonders for my uh, my monthly uh, uh, issue there. Your personal monthly issue. Absolutely. So yeah. But there is a fertility formula as well, but you can do either or both. And in, in my friend Rachel's case at the gym, you know, she, she had remarried. She already had uh, uh, two kids. And the new husband wanted to have kids with her. And she, she's like, yeah, but we're not able to get pregnant, apparently. It was, it was whatever was going on. And I said, get on the hormonal changes. And within, I think it was one or two cycles, they were pregnant. And they have a beautiful little boy, bright light, named Quill. Star-Lord, basically. And now these are stories that happen regularly. Now, I don't know that that would be enough in this case because I don't know enough about your daughter beyond that, that injury. But certainly go organic. Go on the 100% whole food supplements we, we utilize and recommend here. And just you know, realize that a lot of infertility before there were mRNA shots was due to pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, all these xenoestrogens, all these exposures. Has she been on a lot of antibiotics because of the surgeries? Has she repaired her gut and that microbiome? So these are the things, the silver aloe gut recovery protocol, different probiotics and things, build or rebuild your gut. All right, we'll start, start, stop there for a moment and go to the next question of the day. And this one's coming from Lori. Hello, RSB and Super Don. Last question for a while, I promise. Uh, please explain the hep C PCR test. My husband is a week away from being given a script for the hep C uh, curing six-week pill. I'm trying to tell him don't do it. I was diagnosed with hep C in 1993. They told me I would die Thank you. I will get him to listen to your reply. Well, Lori, I don't have a lot of time. I'll have to add to this in the bonus round. But I've said this many times. Hepatitis C is it's a phony diagnosis. 
It's a scam to sell drugs like these biologics or chemotherapy things, the so-called stop a virus that may, again, arguably might not have been truly isolated in the way you think. And that it is not causative here. If there is evidence of what they call hepatitis C, it indicates a lot of liver problems for a lot of years. Why? Because you haven't been eating organically grown food. Why? Because your microbiome has been disrupted by various things from the environment and or antibiotics. Why? Because of exposure to a lot of toxic poisons in the food, water, and air that you didn't know you should support your liver with extra selenium. We talked a lot about liver detox from our friends at Nutritional Frontiers. They've got great support and uh, allergy medicine, some of which contain things that will help your liver as well. Remember RSB 15 when you go to Nutritional Frontiers. All of these things that can help the liver. Oh, how, what else have I mentioned? Homeopathic drainage remedies. Those of you who have taken my lecture on demand course, which is just a one hour lecture for Trinity School of Natural Health. We have that always linked up. Herbs, dandelion, milk thistle, selenium, chromium. All of these things can reverse that. And the liver care from Himalaya, USA, it's a considered a drug, but it's an herb uh, from India that is used to treat end-stage liver disease, cirrhosis and hepatitis C, and reverse it. So to go on a biologic or a chemo drug for hep C is an absolute disaster in my humble opinion. You can pray to God on what to do. I'm not telling you what to do or for your husband. But I would argue that the entire charade, charade, ruse about hepatitis C is only designed to put you on highly expensive drugs that if you have really good insurance, they will cover, which once again validates my statement. The most dangerous thing you can have in America is really good medical insurance because it'll cover things that you would never be poisoned with if you didn't have any. So clean up your act. Coffee enemas, if you're open to it. Canjest is a wonderful formula as well. You can get from Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com. Use the code RSB5 when you, when you order it. The big tub is not big, and the little scoop is smaller than you need. You need a level tablespoon three times a day activated, maybe a fourth time in warm water, and you'll begin to see your liver recover as well. So we have a number of options that are related to you. Hopefully that's helpful for you. And when we come back from this brief break in the bonus round, I'll talk about greening your diet, how it can help prevent things like Alzheimer's. Maybe you should look into the Energy Bits as well. Energybits.com, RSB20 for a 20% discount. And Folium PX, the Chernobyl level antioxidant. I'll talk about that as well when we come back. Thank you for being here. Thank you to Jonathan E. Mord. God bless you all for being here and sharing the show. Tomorrow, Kirk Moore and who knows what else. We'll have a great Friday heading in the weekend show to, to get, get, get uh, you fired up for health, freedom, and healing liberty because the power to heal is yours. You know, it's funny when we get questions like that and I think about the things that I just related in the last couple of minutes of the show. It's like I have to, there's so many options. I mean, it's like <laughs> say we don't know what to do for adverse events. Like we have the other, the opposite problem. We have so many, some would say too many options right. and, it, and it can be confusing for people and I don't want to confuse them, but I would also say how, whether you're using a healthcare provider or applied kinesiology, muscle testing to determine it, or you try to throw the kit, proverbial holistic organic kitchen sink at it, you know, we're praying on it. There are so many ways to go when it comes to healing the liver, the liver's most regenerative organ. And we covered briefly a story, I believe last week about the microbiome and how critical it is to have a healthy gut to be able to regenerate liver tissue. 
So the gut is, again, coming back. Silver aloe, silver aloe. Cangest, cangest. Silica for connective tissue. Copper for connective tissue. Copper also for phase one liver detox. I, I didn't even get to mention that for her husband. Get on the sovereign copper. Take extra grass-fed liver uh, supplements. There are so many things that can be done to restore liver health, and then they go, nope, nope. Only thing allowed is toxic chemo for hep C, which is, a, you know, I believe a fictitious diagnosis. Super Don, I didn't know you mm-hmm. were having that monthly issue, but I'm glad the uh, hormonal changes. Yeah, boy, that's good stuff. <laughs> oh, I put it back. Anyway. <clears throat> yes, but I wasn't oh, using it for you are, with, you are without uh, statement today. That's all right. You you did talk a lot today. I'm, on with, I, I'm without, on that particular topic, I am, sure. Yeah, you don't you don't just talk okay. about anything. Certain things have to no, be. No, you know, there are some things, and, it's, you know, it's just... When it, you know when I'm when I'm putting stuff together for the show, I have a tendency not to really go too deep into a lot of these articles just because I'm putting them together. That's your job. Yeah. But uh, every once in a while, I'll, I'll see something, and I'll tell you, you know what what I use to get the information to do the research on uh, that that water situation is is my my old pal uh, Chat GPT. It's great for research. Yeah, it's great for research because you know if you get on a regular search engine. It would take, you'd have to, you know, type certain things and go to a website and you have to look on that website to try and find out the information that you're looking for, you know, and trying to put everything together. You can literally go on, on something like, like chat GPT and and just ask the question. And then it gives you the information and even gives you the references when you ask for it. So anyway, that's how I found out about that. And, uh, you know, it just, some things, they just don't make sense to me. I just don't understand. It's like, on the one hand, I understand government is slow and inefficient mm-hmm. and corrupt and and it's just it's not like i do you remember years ago there was a, a t- i think it was i want to say it was a t-mobile uh commercial and it showed what what would how would the country be run what would congress be like if it was made up of firefighters <laughs> do you remember this yeah. it was all these firefighters and the guy gets up there and he's like all right so let's let's see what do we got on the thing today uh, clean water. All right. How many people want clean water? And all the firefighters go, I, and it goes, okay, we get clean water. Uh, what's next? And, yeah. and I was just like, it was very funny, but at the same time, it pointed out how, you know, there are certain things in this country that are, don't seem to be on the, on the surface anyway. Yeah. Really all that complicated that it should take months or years and thousands of pages and bills and all this stuff to, to just take care of, you know, situations. I, I understand it's probably very simplistic to look at something like with this water situation and go, you know, uh, they over here, these guys over here said it's going to cost $47 billion. You guys can pull $47 billion out of your butt to, mm-hmm. for, for just about anything. We've seen this over the years. So why not do that for something like, let's get the lead out of the water. Yeah. Who, who's against getting lead out of water? Raise your hand, please, in Congress. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to raise their hand. Right? Is it a worthwhile thing? I don't know. We've been we've been spending decades of of drinking lead, you know, and it's obviously not having a positive effect on people, you know. And I I know you could probably draw the analogy to fluoride too, but there there's a there's a there's a debate there. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a debate with lead. I don't think there's people out there going, you know what, lead is good for this. Right. No, there's nobody that's going to say that. So why are we still screwing around here? With these old lead pipes, 
you know, and every four years we have some stupid state of the union address where it's like, oh, infrastructure and yada, yada, whatever. Mm-hmm. What, what, you, yeah. You're telling me that you just never got around to, to, to the lead pipes. What have you been spending all that money on? Yeah. You know? I mean, is that, is that pothole still there, uh, you know, uh, that you, you, you drive over uh, every day, you know, for the last five years in, in the, you know, what, where's this money gone? Yeah. Has it done some good? I'm sure it has, but gosh, you would think lead in the water should be up or on, up on the, the list of priorities somewhere a little yeah. higher than obviously where it's at. Anyway. Well, it's another thing, you know, with all of the toxic exposures, we have got so many options on how we counteract toxic burdens. And so many I know that work. And you know, I, I bring up the example of my mother again at now 89. And all of those things have helped, but she was suffering through the last three years and lost the, her you know, energy to go out dancing. And th- I mean, there's like a lot of stuff going on. And sometimes it's something new that we didn't know about. Some plus factor we didn't know. I, and I'm always open to learning something new. I hope you all are too. And that's where we, you know, encountered uh, Babrian is a uh, folium PX, you know, a Chernobyl level antioxidant that did the, the proverbial trick, if you will, for my mom who got her back on her feet out dancing again. And so if you haven't checked that out, for those of you who are dealing with things for years and years and years, give it a go. We have a link foliumpx.com, F O L I U M P X.com. Use the code RSB 10. It's a three pronged approach. You take the regular folium PX, uh, the first uh, month, there's an immuno complex. The second month, and uh, a relaxed or kind of a uh, stress kind of version. The third month, and you rotate through these things, and it's profound the benefits. And if you're de- dealing or concerned about, you know, the dioxins, um, the radiational components, if you live near a nuclear, you know, plant or who knows, there's a lot of things that'll take you to the next level. And even you know the food uh, based way that we go of course there there are herbs mixed into there that are basically food for the for the body and then the energy bits the chlorella and the spirulina that my wife's taking that she got energy to to do things she wasn't able to do for for years as well which is the one thing that puts you over the edge over the top in a good way everybody's unique there are certain basic similarities that cover over and over again and then occasionally we bring you some new things those of you who are looking to get your vascular system in order the cardio miracle has been a godsend. Like I said, I'm running circles around a lot of people. Now the people on are going, I'm catching up to you, Robert. That's great. I'm thrilled. It's a good thing. And remember, the erythritol is gone from it. For those of you, they've been working on it for at least six to eight months before mm-hmm. this, this article yeah. came out. In fact, uh, John put out an official statement a day or two ago. Did you see that? Yeah. Where uh, he was talking about that. So everything's going to be monk fruit now. Monk, monk fr- fruit. It's actually it's a monk yeah. fruit stevia blend. Yeah. So yeah, looking forward to that. Hear that, wonderful. And you know, on the um, the energy bits. Yeah, I've 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 started taking those, and I'm enjoying those. And um, I noticed there were a couple people. I think I got an email not not too terribly long ago from somebody who was saying that uh, they were they were balking at the cost Mm -hmm. of the energy bits. And, um, you know, with, with the RSB 20 discount, it comes out to about for like a bag of a thousand, it's about, about, about a hundred bucks. Yeah. Like $108, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting because I, I actually, for whatever reason, I don't know why I, I've always thought that like algae's cool. Yeah. Uh, as, as a nutrition thing. And part, part of it is when I, I first got introduced to it here, when I moved here, uh, to Klamath, 
Yeah, the blue green because algae. Because there's a giant lake out here and it has super blue green blue green algae mm-hmm. uh, in it. And so I I did some reading on that and I was kind of fascinated because the algae is like one of the most nutrient dense foods on the planet. Yeah. Um, and so the there are, are people that take energy bits that will eat like 30 of these things in a day. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot of spirit. My, my honey's doing like two or three a day. Yeah. See, here's the, and here's the thing about the energy bits. And, and the yeah. reason I bring this up is because I know there were some concerns about the cost. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the average consumption of spirulina in a day is usually around three grams. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, from what I understand, one energy bit is equal to one gram. Right. Of spirulina. Yeah. So if you take, you know, and I listen, you know, uh, the recommended daily amount of whatever, sometimes people really, they really want to go for it. They're just like, listen, I know that's the recommended amount, but I really want to go for it. Right. Okay. So let's say instead of doing three grams a day, you did five grams a day. Okay. Yeah. You're talking about a thousand energy bits for a hundred and eight bucks. That's right around 10 cents an energy bit, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, what are you talking about? 50 cents a day, mm-hmm. 50 cents a day. And, and you're getting, you know, the, the equivalent of like eating, I don't know how many plates of vegetables, you know, right. out of five, five of those things. That's good perspective right there. Yeah. So and, and like you said, this is amazing how few that my wife is having to take. You don't, you don't need 30. I mean, you really don't need 30. Some people might because maybe they're like high level athletes or something you know, sure. and they're really pushing themselves. But for the average person, you don't need to eat 30 or in a day. Or recovering from cancer. I understand those. Right, absolutely. But for the average person, yeah. if you were doing like five of those a day, you'd be yeah. getting everything that you need, especially if you're doing other things like cardio miracle and, and stuff like that, you know? Look at, look at Lori. She says she's taking two every day and it's helped her so much. She's not stopping. Uh, yeah. Diana is doing four a day. So, yeah, it's not. When you, you look go. at if you're trying to take handfuls a day, got it. But that's not what we're talking about here. A daily maintenance is minimal. And it's right. amazing how much you get from them. So y'all check out those energy bits yeah. uh, and uh, use the code RSB20. Uh, 10% off on the uh, Folium PX, though. But that, that again. And you know it. how you find out. You go over to robertscottbell.com and you go to the top oh, yeah. of the page where it says <laughs> more. Yeah. And uh, you click on that page and it'll give you all the discount codes. I think there's one that I still need to fix the formatting on. But uh, all the discount codes are there and the and clickable links. Um, so if you're, yeah, you've been nice. wondering, you know, there's like RSB 10, 15, 20, RSB yeah. by itself, Bell. You know, I can't keep track of all the discount codes. Everything is there on that page now. Very good. Very good. So there's also even uh, a collector's uh, coin, the... Uh, Silver Round, yeah, Health Freedom Coin. That's just really, it's a support and it's a commemorative collective limited edition that you guys can still have availability on. And uh, that helps us as well to fulfill our mission to be here every day and do what we do. So and by the what, way, you wanted to bring up the energy bits because there was an article there about people who eat uh, uh, leafy greens, yeah. have a diet high in leafy greens that it's it's showing that it's, it's uh, helping with Alzheimer's. Yeah. Go figure, right? You're getting you're getting like awesome nutrition that's going to help with Alzheimer's. Kind of makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, exactly. All right, upcoming events we covered that uh, nutritional frontiers, the buying body soul thing, March 31st, April 1st and 2nd. I'll be heading down on the first and second for that. 
Uh, we got the Sovereign Copper happening. There's all kinds of things, fun things that are coming up. UPMA, yeah. And I'm just looking at all these things. I can't keep up with it all. Trinity School each month. Start, we're already starting into the new cycle of, of classes. Uh, the Trinity Health Freedom Expo, I, hopefully, maybe if you missed it, you can still get a hold of that because there's been so much goodness in there. But as I said, even if you go a lecture on demand at any time, that's a reasonable way to kind of put your toe in and learn some really cool new stuff. Mm-hmm. Really awesome stuff. So let's see. What else am I forgetting here? I'm thinking there's more I wanted to relate, and maybe you guys can put in the chat something you want to cover. Otherwise, we'll, we'll uh, sign off. I'll say early. We're in the bonus round. Bolden, Cardio Miracle is my favorite. Yes. Yeah, well, Michael's out there riding his bike and hiking and walking and stuff with Sarah Beth, and he's keeping that Cardio Miracle, keeping his heart happy. I love that. Uh, can Just T, Sherry said, yeah, I mentioned Can Just T in the liver discussion for Hep C or whatever else. And what else? I don't know. I'm looking yeah. forward to having Kirk Moore on. If you guys have questions for Kirk Moore, Dr. Moore, tomorrow, you have an extra less than now 22 hours, but you can submit them and we'll I'll ask them. And we'll see what kind of crap Vice is going to throw at me and everybody that's trying to do good stuff with their purported article that they wanted to interview me for. Yeah, they said they wanted to get it out apparently – uh, end of the week. So I'm, I'm guessing it's tomorrow, but we'll see. All right. Well, what I would urge you to do is sign up today and tomorrow. It's the ninth and then the 10th of March. The 11th is the world broadcast premiere online three, three times so that between all the time zones of planet earth, one of them will be reasonable for you. Uh, if we go into the show notes at robertscatbell.com, uh, you can scroll down in today's notes and you will find a link that will get you to Utah Safe and Effective, an apolitical documentary. You can reserve your free tickets, and you click on that. You get free tickets for any or all of them. There's no limit, and you just click on which one you want. There will be a, let's see, I'm looking at March 11th, 9.30 a.m. was the first showing. That is Eastern Time Zone. Then on the 11th, uh, let's see, 3 p.m. Eastern time zone, afternoon. And then the final third uh, viewing starting at 9 p.m. Eastern time zone in the evening. So three opportunities, and, and you got to extrapolate out what time that is for you, wherever you are. And uh, Q&A follow-up after each, each showing if you have questions on it. Man, I tell you, you mountain time people just make it make it difficult for everybody. No, nobody. Well, I, nobody. I was trying to read it in <laughs> Eastern time. Mountain time is like is like the stepchild of time zones. The time zones, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so there's a trailer you can watch, and you can check it out. I think that's why Vice reached out to me because they had my name listed on it. Um, but yeah, I got nothing to say to. Yeah, Vice that's what he said. That's what he said was that uh, he'd seen that that you were hosting the uh, documentary that they were coming out with mm-hmm. um, soon. Yeah. But ultimately, they just wanted to try and find some kind of you know what what's the link to you in the Legion of Doom, yeah. you know. Uh, so, and I want to uh, say thank you to Jen Sharp who did anecdotals. That, that's an amazing documentary on uh, vaccine injury, COVID jab injury. She did a, a great job. She's such a, such a talented filmmaker. And, you know, I, I had sent her a review copy before it was in this final version. 
the, the this documentary that we're talking about now, Utah Safe and Effective. And she gave great notes, great feedback from her experience. And it really helped us to modify a little bit, tweak it a little bit at the end to make it better. And and thank you for that. She didn't have to do that. She was just so wonderful to do that. Um, but uh, golden heart she has, Jen Sharp. Shout out, love you. And thank you for all that you're doing as well. So if you haven't checked out Anecdotals, another great documentary to, to view and share, support Jen and her efforts to uh, get the word out despite a lot of opposition from so many. So this is it. Hopefully we can soften the hearts of many that are on the fence or been hardened over this issue and uh, share this documentary that's uh, premiering worldwide on the web three times on the 11th of March. If you can't attend, please just share that link for others that may need to learn. And there's a lot of good science uh, that we reveal in that. Uh, and it's free. So, yeah, and it's free. Yeah, No excuses. Nobody's, nobody's trying to make money off of you on this. This is really honestly that, you know, when I told them, I said the, for the, the team that did this, I said, you guys could make some money off of this if you would just, you know, make it available in a different way. And, and, you know, their response to me was like, we're very concerned about people that are on the fence about taking boosters. I, we're more concerned about getting this thing out fast than we are about making any money back on it. Right. So if you want to donate to, to the, the Health Independence Alliance, but feel free, they're a worthy organization to do that. But as I said, the, to their credit, they're like, no, 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 we want this out there. I'm not worried about that. We want to help people so that they don't make a disastrous, deadly decision. And having all the information you can have is better so you make a fully informed decision which way to go forward. No one's telling you what to do in this documentary. But when you witness what they didn't want you to know, see, hear, and understand, yeah, this will reach some people that haven't been reachable yet. Y'all check it out. So anything else uh, in the chat room or anything else we didn't get to today? No, that's. I think that's it. I think we're all caught up, so appreciate you guys watching. Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Dr. Kirk Moore and Charles Nedland, I think, is going to be on tomorrow. He's a Laban connection, so you know it's going to be a good one. Yeah, and shout out to Laban. They're in India, Laban and Anna. India? I don't know if you've seen pictures on Instagram. Good no. Lord, they're looking good. I mean, it looks like India is treating them What the them heck well. are they doing in India? I don't know. We'll have to get them on somehow. <laughs> They'll be like, they're like 24 hours, 12 hours difference from we us. We got to get them on just to hear how things I were in India. To. That'd be great. kind of cool. Also, shout out to my friend Doug, who did an amazing job getting people together for not only the event that he had me speak at, at the, uh, the, the Giving Tree in Phoenix. That's an amazing organic vegan restaurant. Uh, it was fun. Michael Bolden, we would have fun. I, I went there the night, the last night I was there. I called up Doug and I said, hey, Doug, you want to you wanna go back to the Giving Tree? He didn't hesitate. He said, I'll be right over. And so we took our ride down the road and went there and had uh, some kind of organic coconut drink. I had like a smoothie of some kind and then a couple of pieces of organic vegan pie because I could. <laughs> one of them was uh, another coconut uh, kind of thing. Another one was like a vegan cheesecake. Not like the icy kind that we got from the other pe people that were nice, but this was really good. And so uh, if you're ever in Phoenix, go to the Giving Tree. Apparently it's an offshoot of his uh, David who runs it and owns it. His daughter runs the chocolate tree. In, in Sedona, Arizona. I need an excuse to go to Sedona now. Sounds good oh, to me. Yeah. Or Leslie, we can go to Missouri and uh, have some organic pie there too, which we will. Jonathan Otto, am I interviewing Jonathan Otto tomorrow? I did see something about that on the calendar. It says Monday 13th. Okay. I'll have to see when that, I thought that was coming up soon too. Yeah. Um, all right. Whoa, that's tomorrow. 
Holy yes, God. sir. 9 a.m. your time. Really? Let me look. Let me see what it says tomorrow. 9 a.m. You're right. Look at that. Okay. So that'll put a curtail in, in the way I work out tomorrow, my normal morning <laughs> routine. But Jonathan Otto for Jono, I will do that. No, oh, he's, you know got a, he's got another event coming up uh, very soon. Okay. Um, yeah. While we're looking at the calendar, we I think this month it should be a Saturday AMA, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. And I'm looking at the 25th of March, mm -hmm. and it looks open. Saturday the 25th, it looks open. Okay. So we can put it on the calendar for our next AMA. For those of you who are patrons, great. Thank you. We'll see you there. For those of you who are not, please become a patron member to join us live, and we'll do that um, the 25th Saturday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. And we also have people from Europe that often show up, which is kind of cool. And uh, so that'll be our next AMA. It's on Zoom, so we get to see one another. And it's recorded, so if you can't make it, you can watch it later. So, all right, I just made an executive decision. Works for me. It is now, hold on, click and click. No, I clicked the wrong thing. Oops. Whoops. There it is. I see it. It magically appeared. Nicely done. Let's try that again. Save. Yeah, I see it already. Okay. It is, uh, yeah. I just, I think I clicked on the wrong thing though. Did it, I don't. It probably didn't send you an email. I think you're looking at the calendar and it popped up. Mm -hmm. But, but I like clicked on the wrong thing where instead of saying yes that I wanted to send invitations to everybody, I clicked on no. Oh, doofus. <sighs> well, you can redo it. <laughs> I'll redo it. All right. Uh, thanks, yes. thanks y'all for being here. Thanks, Super D, making it sound mm -hmm. good. Thanks, Jonathan E. Mord. And all y'all, uh, back tomorrow, Dr. Kirk Moore uh, is going to be a fascinating interview. Really, I, what he's done, it's heroic. Others will say, well, the federal government doesn't think so. Well, what do you think? You side with them on this? We'll find out. Talk to him tomorrow as well. So share the show once again and plan to be at the Saturday event, the 11th, three different showings with Q&A answer. And that is Utah Safe and Effective Documentary. All right. Thanks. See, See you later. later. 22 hours from now.